When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know where she is, but frankly, I'm not going to worry about it right now. Let's get ready to get ready. Rumble. No, to get ready, maybe. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Opinions That Don't Matter. I'm Katie. And I'm Sean. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Smooth, smooth And everybody sounds. just clicked away. What era? <laughs> It sounds like the early 1900s, like 1924 or 1920. That's pretty good, Katie. It is 1916, and that is Anna Chandler singing, She's Good Enough to Be Your Baby's Mother, Mm -hmm. and She's Good Enough to Vote With You. Wow. Pretty impressive music. We have access to new music on this podcast. Well, not new music, but new Oh, really old music. (laughs) Very, very old music. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. I'm going to say you seem very excited about that. I'm very excited because January 1st, Mm -hmm. 2022 is Public Domain Day. Works from 1926. Is it every January 1st is another Public Domain Day? I believe so. So next Mm -hmm. year will be uh, January 1st and we'll have 1927, Mm. you know, open up. So basically uh, works become uh, available to the public to use without consideration. Uh, so they're not owned by anybody anymore. No one makes correct. money off of them anymore. It's, they release. Yeah, it's I in the public domain. <gasps> That's why happy birthday, when you work at a restaurant, you never hear the happy birthday song because I believe that is owned by somebody. So mm-hmm. you have to have your own one like, happy, happy fucking birthday. I have to sing this song because my manager is watching. Yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah. It's like its own version. Yeah. <clears throat> we yeah. had one where I worked at a Mexican restaurant. Um, Chi-Chi's was the name of the restaurant. What was the song? Uh, I'm not going to sing it. but uh, Why? Maybe I'll get PJ to call in and sing the song. Or Why my would sister. you make him do it? You know it. You all work <laughs> no, there. No, I don't actually remember the, the song. Oh. So that's the problem. But it, whoever wrote "Happy Birthday," like what a fucking goldmine! Cha-ching! That That's person like, is who? Are, what were we talking about? Um, Larry and I were talking when I was in Washington. How whoever like people write Christmas music just to like oh, get money. Yeah, it's a big cash grab. Like you recently have been into. Is it Billy Joel? No. Billy Idol. I was close. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Bi- I don't. En- I don't enjoy it. But Sean sing, sing always white wants, wedding. Yeah, he, but he. He made a Christmas album. It's just so it's not good. Christmas. What do you mean? He sings all the hits. He's like it's, the modern day Bing Crosby. I want Christmas music like from Dean Martin or Bing Crosby. Well, kids are going to grow up on this one. And I, I tell don't you what, think so. This is a hit of an album. We should put it's out just a Christmas a cash album. Grab. Oh, no, not for the cash grab part. Just to... I, I don't like the sound of his voice singing like Jingle Bell. Like, no, no, <laughs> no. Well, it's not. I do, and Billy, if you're watching, um, I appreciate the album. Because I'm sure, album. I'm sure he is. Mm-hmm. But this is in the past because that was Christmas, and now we're in the new year. Yeah, new year, new cheer. Mm. We're we're in a good mood. Meh. Yeah, of course we are. <laughs> Things are great. Although, well, although COVID what? is sweeping the nation, and I just heard that two doors down from us, that house is full quarantine. A bunch of houses have gone into the quarantine. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's to be expected. It's happening. But when people say, oh, our whole house is on lockdown. Well, like, of course oh, they are. How do you, how, 
like how would you get it and i not get it or vice versa it's true it's true i just don't think it's it's not possible it's not probable mm-hmm. and also something that i do like not that you're doing this by any means it's not what i'm saying but however um i don't want people to feel shamed for having it and i've heard from a lot of people in general and i think even our she wants to go out our dog is ringing her doorbell i'm not letting her um but even our neighbors i felt like they when they first got it because they're super cautious you guys like they don't do much at all i don't think they go out at all really they've been very protective they don't want to get sick and And i understand they have two kids that are in school and stuff so they're doing the bubble thing and blah 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 blah. anyway i think they felt embarrassed that they were sick like they're kind of a little funny well no i don't think they they felt embarrassed but They've been working very hard. You know, the pe- some people take it serious. Some people, you know, have d- everyone has their own rules about how they're going to participate in society. But they were you very- somehow just blew a bubble out of your mouth. Did I really? I was like, what is that? Is that something? I don't know. I don't think you can recreate it, but a little bubble no, just flew out. That. Reminds me of that TikTok that I sent. To, I think I shared it on my Instagram as well. And it was a little boy and it's really up close. So you're like really up close to his face. And the mom goes, um, honey, you can't eat that. Are you eating that? No. Have you eaten the bubble, the, uh, what does she call it? The bubble juice or something? And he turns so that you see his face sideways. And as he says, no, a bubble comes out of his mouth. <laughs> and the mom giggles and it's so funny. Are you eating Ever the bubble then? juice? No. I was like, and the, all the comments are like, you know, his mouth gave him away. Shouldn't open his mouth. Right. It's just so funny. Ever since then, they called him Suds McGee. Right? Bubble boy. Bubble yeah. boy gives has a new meaning. There you go. I think she's just laying by the front door. But no, I, I think some people are definitely, you know, they're very cautious. So then when you get it, uh, it, it can be. Yeah. And I uh, feel like, I don't know if this is wrong to feel this way. We're going to get it. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's going around. And so, you know, maybe it may not be this month. It may not be this year. At some point, you know, just like the flu, everyone gets it. Mm-hmm. But anyways, enough of that, because I'm not looking at the pit of spirit today. I'm looking beyond it. It's yep. in front of me, but I'm looking up and over it on but the horizon. only one thing at a time. You've got to keep it simple. Right. Gotta the keep other it day we were driving. <laughs> we were driving to go, I think it was to pick up Roxy or drop her off or something. Okay. From, for training. And Sean's telling me a story or asking me a question or talking about the news or Lord only knows. And then he starts to not make sense because I'd ask some follow-up question and you just, I don't even know what you said. Something else. And I was like, what? And you said, Sorry. I got confused because I was thinking. (laughs) And I was like. I didn't think you were going to tell. Yeah, you did. You told me to write it down. Well, but I didn't think you'd tell on me. I even said. So you said, write it down. (laughs) We'll forget. And I said, you're right. We'll forget. And I I said, I wouldn't write it down because I don't really want to make fun of you. And you're like, it's okay. I think it's funny. It's like a Yogi Bearism. I I forgot I told you that. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, he got confused. He got confused because he was thinking. Sorry, I got confused because I was thinking. It happens. It's hard work thinking. Sometimes, you know, your your thoughts are a little confusing. It's a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, one last thing on, on COVID before we move on. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, this is where it's it's getting a little out of hand. Uh, I laughed so hard. Oh, I also have to tell them why I also laughed so hard. Okay, continue. Sorry. I'm going to put it on the screen because I think this is this is shameful <laughs> of uh, the media. And it's, it's quite embarrassing, actually. Mm-hmm. So... I w- if I if we had an awards show, which maybe we should have an awards show for things that don't matter, mm-hmm. the terrible clickbait headline award goes to People Magazine. And I put it on the screen. The headline says 
Cody Simpson's sister, Allie, breaks her neck in diving accident, comma, also tests positive for COVID-19. Why would you do that? I don't know. I don't think that's a good, it's just like clickbait. Like, what do you, you know? Yeah, I don't really get it. It it just makes me laugh. I laughed because. Not about her accident. I think that's terrible. But Because that's the the biggest story here. And I also don't know who Cody Simpson is. So I don't know who his sister Allie is either. I don't know. So all this is very interesting. But, or actually not at all. Oh, we're asleep. But anyway. Sean St. Louis robbed in bank. No, but the, yeah, the fact that she had like this horrific accident is all that really matters. Why would you also care if she tests positive for COVID? Like that's the shaming part. Right. That's, it's like, oh. and then we made jokes because Sean told me when we were just getting into bed and, and I started laughing and they were like, you know, uh, I, Katie falls down cliff, uh, narrowly avoids death by rolling between 17 cars, also test positive for COVID-19. Right. Like, all these ridiculous... Sean launches car off cliff, somehow survives, also test positive for COVID-19. Yeah. Attacked by wild chipmunks and dragged into the bushes. Also... Where he was peeled like banana, <laughs> also test positive for COVID-19. It's like they were trying to stuff everything <laughs> into this headline. And I just... It's People Magazine. All the clickbait. You know, yeah. All the clickbait. Anyways, uh, Cody Simpson's sister, Allie, we wish, wish you all you. the best. Uh, People Magazine, whoever wrote that, that Shame. is one heck of a banger of a... You just like using that word. Clickbait title. Um, if you'd like to write some of our clickbait titles. <laughs> no, thank you. Because we have people who write letters into us. That should us. be the title of our podcast. Cody Simpson's sister. <laughs> right. Also We're like, just who's Cody Simpson? Title. I don't know. I don't even know what this is. I bet you People Magazine got a lot of clicks. Because then they have her lying <laughs> on the bed with, you know, the neck brace. And then all sorts of, I don't know if. Well, it's because her back because she broke her neck. So it's probably like terrible. different things to tell what's going on. Or I don't even know. Do you know when I was a kid, I used to think I'm that clearly you, a doctor. If you broke your neck, you were dead. That was it. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought so too. But I had and, tons of friends who've like fractured vertebrae. Mm-hmm. Even my um, my aunt Roxanne had some crazy surgery on her neck. Remember, she was like they fused. Some, yeah, oh, it's crazy. It's it scares the heck out of me. Yep. Anything to do with your spine. When I was younger, you know, uh, my friend John, who's at the wedding. Mm. And John, he had scoliosis and mm. the doctors, I, I mean, scoliosis. Did they fuse a rod too? They did. They put a titanium yeah. rod in his spine. And that was one of the reasons why he got into weightlifting so much as he grew up mm-hmm. uh, past that point. Cause he was lying in bed for like, I think almost a year, maybe six oh, months. Oh wow, really? Yeah. He was bedridden. He's still kind of hunched forward yeah, a little. But so maybe that's like the. Yeah. So that's why he lifts weights is to mm-hmm. strengthen. My brother has core. slight scoliosis. So if you ever saw him in a swimsuit, his chest and his back, it's like a little bit off. Mm. So like one, like one pectoral or like even that bone, it's like off. Like mm. one's deeper, one sticks out more. Does that make sense? Right. Almost like the meridian so runs down. Like his, kind of this like he's like, cool posture. Hey, hey what's up? Like you and you don't, back I don't think chair. if you notice it, unless you knew you're looking for it. Okay. But yeah, um, and my, my friend Becky, she fell downstairs in France when she was studying abroad and broke her back. And she Jeez. had to wear this like hip, it went around her hips, this metal thing, and then it hooked up onto her neck. Play up straight. She had to wear a brace. Yeah, I guess the the <clears throat> the term breaking your back is rather yeah. large. There, there's other Don't step on a crack, you break your mama's back. Right, there was that game too. That's like from the 50s or something, a little 40s ditty that kids would sing. I have no idea, but we used to do it all the time. Don't step on a crack. Mm -hmm. Kids used to have horrific, uh, they still do, but some of the things that they say. What about Ring Around the Rosie, Pocket Full of Posy, Ashes, Ashes, We All Fall Down. Yeah. 
you got COVID. Somebody's getting <laughs> pretty much. No, but that that's the Black Death. I think so. And ring around the rosy is like sores. Oh. So the rosy, it's Are like you sure? red sore. It up? Yeah, yeah, go right okay. ahead. And then there'd be a ring around it. And then pocket mm-hmm. full of posy mm-hmm. was because you smelt really bad because you had. Because you had the death on you? I think so. Or no, you, maybe you <laughs> kept the flowers to keep like, so you had smell that was uh, nice. Oh, okay. An odor that was nice to keep the, the smell of death away. I don't know. Okay. Um, ring around the rosy, a song about a plague. <laughs> Nothing nicer as a kid than singing a song about a plague. Got to make it so that the kids know what's going on, you know? A normal part of our childhood was playing outside during recess and singing nursery rhymes, most of which had games that went along with them. Ring Around the Rosie was one of those nursery rhymes, okay? So the plague, also known as the Black Death or Black Plague, repeatedly swept through Europe from the 14th to 17th centuries. <coughs> I'm sorry, I feel like my voice is like... <coughs> okay. It's estimated that anywhere between 75 and 200 million people were killed in the Black Death throughout Eurasia, and Eurasia, when they used to call it Eurasia, and Europe between 1347 and 1351. This means about 30 to 60% of Europe's population was wiped out in just Jeez. a few years. Can you imagine? I mean, that, that would have to be terrifying. Looking at the lyrics to this nursery rhyme will help us to dissect it and give us some insights into how it's actually about the plague. It's important to note that there are some variations in the lyrics depending on your geographic location. I've chosen to go with the one that I grew up. And this is the one that I know too. Ring around the rosy, pocket, pockets full of posies, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Ring around the rosies refers to the red rings that started to develop on plague victims' skin. These red rashes were circular and would develop into large and very painful black boils on the skin. They were normally found in the armpits, groin, and neck. Terrible. Pockets full of posy stems from the lack of knowledge at the time about how diseases spread. It was believed that disease would spread through bad smells. Because mm. think about it, 13, whatever. Well, that's where you think it's coming from. Like, I where else is this, it coming uh, from? It's not going to come from the good smells. Yeah, I just went to this event at Johnson & Johnson, their headquarters, and they were talking about surgeries and how we didn't understand, like, bacteria and germs and stuff, obviously. And I forget the year, but let's just say, like, 1905. And the dirtier the surgeon's jacket that white jacket they thought the better the surgeon and so the they wouldn't prestigious. so they wouldn't wash them and then there was this whole backlash to there was a woman scientist who was like uh for johnson josh was like there's lots Ladies of bacteria are typically smarter they're like mm. and you know what the the phrase that the this doctor said a gentleman's hands are always clean shut the fuck up men are so stupid sometimes <laughs> <laughs> We, you know, these are opinions that don't matter, but, uh, you know, it's true. <laughs> it's like, it, you know, it's like, uh, hey, somebody found something. Maybe there's a little merit to it. Let's look into a little. A gentleman's hands are always go Shut the fuck up. Okay. So anyway, that they found that the death rate of surgeries at that time was 50%. Oh, uh, yeah. Because of infection. My great grandfather. So my grandmother's mm-hmm. father, he mm-hmm. had um, like, you know, when you have like a skin tag or like a a little fatty deposit underneath your eye, mm-hmm. that sort of deal. He milia. Had, it's called milia. Okay. Uh, something like that. From what I understand. For the I, small little white dots, that's milia. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Skin tags. Like, different. you know, some people had like small little skin tags. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? uh, but he had that underneath his eye. And this is, I, I'm i going to say in the like 1940s. 19- Did they tie a string around it? No. Sometimes they'll just fall off. Isn't that crazy? No, the, the doctor uh, took a, not an exacto knife, but uh but like they, that, uh, what do they use as surgeons? A surgeon's knife. <laughs> but he took a scalpel. A scalpel. Thank you. 
uh, or a oh, surgeon's boy. knife. It could be called either. <laughs> yeah, he took <laughs> a are. rusty fork. No, but he 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 went to the doctor. The doctor removed it, and within I think a week, week and a half, he passed away. Blood poisoning. It could have been uh, maybe a little bit longer than that, but I don't think so. We'll have we'll check with my dad. We'll we'll wow. get back to you on this. But yeah, it, it was like. What Not year, a freak accident. What year was this? Jesus Christ. Did he not I sanitize in, his scalpel? I think in the 40s, maybe the, the, the late 30s. I mean, I it was know. still pretty tough times for that kind of thing, but well, it should have been better. About, they knew about it by then. You, this you was know, like early 1900s, I think, in the Johnson Johnson. I have to review my notes, but it was like early 1900, like 1901. Well, some of the stuff that happens in hospitals now. <laughs> I mean, you know, that, that's where oh, you get but sick. Now we have super bugs like MRSA and shit that like, right. is like, you cannot sanitize me. I will live on. Unruly bugs. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Can't get rid of them. Yeah, so MRSA is a strong one, right? What else is there? There's Legionnaire's disease. That hangs out at hospitals. Oh, I don't know. I just know herpes is another thing you can't get rid of. Well, right. yeah, but I don't think there's like a super herpes. Well, I don't think you can get rid of it. No, but like what if there's a stronger version, you know? Oh, maybe. Mr. Yoked herpes. It's not It's not simplex. It's herpes complex, you know? He's, he's very complex. I don't know about others. I just know. <laughs> wait, wait, don't go. This this podcast is just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to pockets of posies and stuff. Pockets of posies, yeah. <laughs> so pockets full of posies stems from the lack of knowledge at the time about how diseases spread. And they believe that disease was spread through bad smells, which means that people held bunches of flowers to their faces when going out in public to protect themselves from bad smells. Have you seen the masks that doctors mm-hmm. would wear from that era? That's what, the, just hold on. Plague doctors were associated with looking like creep quite creepy nowadays but their masks with large beaks were actually because of this belief that disease was spread through foul smells they look like a bird man. yeah they they look like crows and they the beaks of these masks were filled with flowers and other strong scents like bergamot it makes sense if if there's rotting it looks things. like a murderer yeah it's like uh, the grim uh, reaper mm-hmm. wow okay ashes ashes is said to have two possible meanings the first meaning is that it was meant to mimic a sneezing sound in reference to being sick. Ashes, ashes. Well, I learned it as husha, husha. Okay. Husha, husha. We all fall down. The other is that it's actually the burning of the dead bodies from the victims of the plague. Oh, that's the second verse. Sort of like the first, but they get sick, they sneeze, (laughs) and the the second one's the ashes. But husha, husha could have been like, you know, husha, husha. Sneeze, sneeze. We all fall down is about the many people who died from the plague. The falling down is said to represent death. Everyone falls down or dies because the majority of of the European population was wiped out. How terrible. That is crazy. Anyway, so interesting. This was written um, by Sonia Karam. She's a copywriter and educator who has degrees in history, philosophy, and education. She says this blog is written out of the love of history and sharing knowledge because, you know, these are things I'd assume that are passed on like Person Thanks, person, Sonia. And you, you know. found her just by Googling her? Yeah, I can share that. I'll keep the link up. I can give it to you. And you cool. can put it in the description if people want to read. There was more to it. I only read. I like clipped out some of it. Oh, no, Katie. So. Hmm. This just in. What's this just in? Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. He he just won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Titanic just tested positive for COVID. <laughs> also tested positive a, for COVID. Is that a bad joke? That's a very bad joke, but it's okay. We're we're being distasteful today. I can't, you know, sometimes. Get out of the pit of despair, Katie. Come on. Into let's... the distasteful. <laughs> Move from realm to realm. All right. Let's, uh, what let's else go. was I going to talk about? Oh, my mom and brother are coming to visit. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I just told you now. They're coming tomorrow. Get ready. No, I'm excited to have them here. The funny thing, does anybody else feel this way? As you get older, 
you don't tend to see family like on your own as much if you're in a relationship or if you move away. Like my brother doesn't live where I grew up anymore. He doesn't live in, um, he lives in Northern Washington state. He's practically state. a Canadian at this He point. almost is Canadian. He's right on the border. So he lives. He's got on, one foot on the other one side. One foot saying, you know, things like uh, the process and I'm so sorry. And then the other foot saying things like bag and magazine. But he, he doesn't always come home when I'm home, when I'm visiting my mom and grandma and stuff. And so I have, I don't see him a lot. And when I do, it's usually like holidays where like his wife and his daughter are there and like there's lots of stuff to do. And so it's kind of fun that I get him like on his, not on his own because my mom is coming, but like I don't get to see Nick that often. Like, And that. it's a new place to explore. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Although. We do have a problem with people coming to visit and wanting to go other places. <laughs> hey, that's really cool. Thanks for uh, coming to Texas. Oh, no problem. Hey, do you know where Tennessee is? Yeah, no, it's pretty far it's away. It's not even that bad. I think the problem is. Well, okay, and, and I have a couple of thoughts. So the problem is that a lot of people outside of the state of Texas do not realize just how large the mm. state of Texas is. Like when my mom came with my Aunt Roxanne, my Aunt Roxanne was like, I'd love to go to the coast. I've never been to the Gulf of Mexico. That's super cool. Can we go to the Gulf? And I was like, you can rent a car and go if you want. Like we had to work still some. I was like, because it's not really like a day trip. It's like three and a half hours, four hours to the coast, depending yeah. on where you want to go. Mean, we, we could do it, but we just hadn't <laughs> planned for it. To yeah. Like and you'd want to stay. I mean, three and a half hours is like it's quite a, a trick. And anyway, we ended up not going because also they had a flood at that time, remember? I bet you Europeans feel this way too. They're like, uh, someone comes to visit you and you're in, let's say. Spain and they're like, can we go to Italy? Yeah. And you're like, fuck off. It's well, only 30 minutes away. Come well, on, It's like a four hour train ride. I feel like everything's like a four hour train ride in Europe. But anyway, so so that was our first experience of it. And then my mom is like, fine. She's like, I want to see the bats. Austin has all those bats. That's super cool. It turns out right now is not the season, but we're going to call and check anyway, because it says until early fall, until they migrate back down to Mexico. But anyway, so then my brother, I talked to him, I think like early December, because um, he'd watched one of my YouTube shorts, which I was like, wow, Nicole, thanks for watching my videos. He was like, yeah, you said grandma was sick. So I called her and, you know, thanks for like, letting me know because we'd already reached out to him and stuff but he was like i wanted to i watched your video i was like oh yeah you know anyway so i was chatting with him and i was like just think of things that you'd want to do in austin and like what sounds good because you know we're happy to scoot into town or go over to the lake or whatever and he's like i don't think there's anything i just want to kind of hang out with you guys and i was like okay cool and then after talking for a little bit he's like you know i'd love to see the alamo and i was like that's in san antonio <laughs> isn't it technically in san antonio i don't know or just outside of san antonio anyway I was like, that's not in Austin at all. That's not actually in our town at all. Right. That'd be like me going back home and being like, you know what? I'd really love to to go to Seattle. I've pulled that stunt already. I, I've I've gone up to your house and then said, hey, let's go to Seattle. But we drove ourselves. We never went to, when did we go? We went out to the ski hill once. Yeah. But my mom was working. Hmm. And then we did, I went up with my mom once to pick you up because you flew in. Remember when we had all those, remember when we used to travel? Right. And I had to go give a speaking engagement and you had to film something in like, I don't know, Nashville. And so we met up in Seattle, otherwise known as Seattle, Washington. If you guys didn't know, the Native Americans who were first there called it Seattle. Oh. I learned that on a duck tour. Highly recommend duck tours. Not sponsored, but if they want to quack at me so anyway we were we went mom and i went up to seattle and did the underground tour right also highly recommend so tell me about the seattle underground katie so if you don't know seattle is on the water it's on this huge it's on the pacific ocean but it's this huge sound 
that comes into, I don't know if they call it like the Seattle Bay. I don't think they call it that. But there are a ton of islands outside of Seattle. The Vancouver Sound? No. I'd have to pull it up. I don't know what that sound is called. I think I just always call it the sound. But anyway, so because it's on the water, it made it great for trade routes and for getting goods. Because think back then, there was no like railroad at the very, like back way back it was. um, Water is the roadway, right? Okay, I'm trying to. So there's the East Passage, Lake Washington. I knew that. Um, Elliott Bay comes right into Seattle. That would be, yeah, yeah, okay, Elliott Bay. And there's Port Madison Bay. There's a lot of them. But anyway, the sound. Um, and if you know more, tell me. That's Oh, that's why they named the, 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 the soccer team the Sounders? Oh, yeah, yeah. You didn't know that? I had no idea. I thought oh. it was because of music. I thought because Hendrix was from there, Sir Mix-a-Lot, uh, no. sort of Nirvana. It's a little no. further south. but Itchy nose. No. But anyway. So because it's on the sound, the waves would come in and out and the tide would come in and out and they would have like really crazy years where the tide would come way up into town and it started flooding areas. And so people had built their homes, their businesses, not to mention they had trouble with like even sewage and stuff like managing filth of people. Oh, that's why I couldn't have lived a long time ago. No, me neither. I would, I, I would have had a very hard time because... You would have died of dysentery like everybody does on the Oregon Trail. You died of dysentery. Terry, isn't that a girl's name? Right. You died of dysentery. But no, I, I, I would not be able to handle it because... Me neither. I mean, I guess if you grew up with it, but... I, I mean, just, she pooped in the house what once and I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. But people used to throw the poop out the windows of buildings and mm-hmm. cities and mm-hmm. like, hey, it's just filth. Well, Seattle had this system we learned at the underground thing, which I highly encourage you to do. That where they had to put it in these um, down the streets, they dug some what would you call it? like troughs, I guess, for lack of a better term, but kind of like what we would call uh, what runs along trench. No, not a trench, a but ditch. A ditch. It's almost like they, they dug ditches, and people were supposed to put their garbage in there, uh, like put all their waste yes. into buckets and pour it into these ditches, and then they tried to get it so it would run out to the bay to the sound. I know. You know, you don't have running water. What are you going to do? It's easy for you to shit say. Shit in the ditch. It's a ditch shit. Everybody's shitting in ditches. So anyway, so that's how they tried to keep the city clean, but with the horses and horses dying and all this, just the chaos of growth of an urban area. Because if you forget in like, I don't even know what, what years, people were going through Seattle to get up to Alaska to go like gold mining. And they were like not making it. And it was a huge way that... It, not a huge way. It was a, a big reason of why Seattle even exists is because they were able, they put together these big packages that people could buy that would protect them from the cold as yeah, they, they continued north. Outfitters. Yeah. You know, so you'd Hence, go in like, there, you get your shovel. You, oh, you want to be a gold miner? There's still a lot of companies in out of Seattle. Although. I, I wonder if REI is one of those. I don't, it all. might be. But anyway, move move quickly through it because there's a long it's a long story and i encourage you to like read up on the history i find the fascinating history of cities anyway super filthy couldn't do anything and then it started flooding over and over and it was like washing away people's homes and businesses and the water kept rising and so instead of moving up the hill which a lot of people did and that's why capitol hills like older buildings and stuff because that's like higher up in seattle downtown as you go out by the space needle and stuff they just built on top of what they already had so people started building up and so there were uh 
this is kind of funny. My mom and I found it funny, but it's also kind of, I guess, sad. But people would just build another floor and then they'd have like their door that they could walk in if it wasn't flooded until things, and then until it was all finished, then they'd be able to go up to the other door that's now street level. Does that make sense? So are there a lot of buildings that are just... You walk through them, you can see the old buildings below that still exist. Because the water's mm-hmm. receded? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So anyway... Wait, so so where did you walk? What do you mean? So you went under the city? Underground. How far underground? Like one story. Okay. What did you see? A bunch of like demolished half up buildings and then a ton of like, you know... Is it full of rats? Um, I don't think so because they keep it really clean. Okay. Like there was nothing you like. Oh, is it like a museum piece? They've got one area. There's only a section. Up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the rest of it is kind of. I'd assume the rest of it's like chaos. I don't even know. That's where the more you could actually live. look down through some hole. I don't think it's chaos because it wasn't like sealed off. It would just be like you couldn't you couldn't physically get through. It's like they cleared out this so you could actually walk. Mm-hmm. But the other part, there's no way you could physically walk through. You know, I'm always fascinated by the underbelly of cities. Yeah, it's like Not the, the catacombs in mm-hmm. Paris. Like, right. It's crazy. Anyway, so all that to say that then they built on top. And so you can do this tour underground. Mm-hmm. And while they were building these other layers, people would uh, have to climb up ladders to go over these new walls and down because there weren't like ways to get <clears throat> through yet. You know, it's like you're building a city on top of a city. Okay. So for a while, people are like trying to navigate this like half broken bottom city. Anyway, a bunch of people passed away because they get drunk and then they couldn't make it up those ladders and down those ladders. Ladders are tricky for drunk people. And so in the morning, they'd find a lot of people hurt themselves because they'd fall into like, you know, it's like rebar, not rebar at the time, but like building materials and like zone. it's a construction zone you shouldn't be like wandering through drunk at two right. in the morning or whatever anyway so yeah so seattle's actually a city built on top of a city wild but that's just the downtown portion because as you go up the hill obviously they weren't flooding so and that's where all the rich people lived back in the day because they could afford to like get up there and come back down and stuff yeah if you poop from the top of the hill it rolls down runs right down your trough mm-hmm. the ditch all the way to the ocean fantastic but I highly recommend doing those things. I'd love to do one in like Chicago and New York. Like, and I love, there's apparently a duck tour in Boston that everybody's like, it's amazing. Oh, really? <clears throat> Cities that are on water have the duck tours because you, I bet we probably have one in Houston, maybe even too. But you get on this thing that drives on the roads, but you're in a boat and then it goes into the water. And so you get to look at the city from the water, which is kind of cool. And they explain all of the. It certainly gives you a different <laughs> perspective when you get out into the, the mm-hmm. water and look back at the town. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And I bet you there's some the cheese ball in Massachusetts, uh-huh. in, in Boston, sorry, um, where they do the duck tour and they give everyone a tea bag and they all then throw yeah. it out, you know, in the... Yeah. Uh, oh, the tea party. Yeah. Funny. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, oh, I love me. a duck tour. And if you are coming to the States at any time, it sounds cheesy. And you'll think, why would I spend my money doing this? And the reason I did was actually because my cousin... At her bachelorette party, she's not a partier, spoilers, but she wanted to go on a duck tour. I remember thinking at the time, I think I was like, what, 20, 28, 29? I was like, Amanda, you're being lame. Why are you going to go on a duck tour? Because it's fun. And then I fucking loved it. Yeah. She was like, my friend said it's really cool. It's really great. It was. It's the new place for bachelorettes to happen. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it's way better than going to Vegas and going to some stupid strip club because I've done how many of those and they're terrible and I feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, I didn't like working that shift. <laughs> So. <laughs> no, but I get, has anybody, and this will be a very brief conversation. 
because I'm not a strip club goer, I'm very uncomfortable. Okay. And I don't like that I'm there. I hate it. I don't even want to spend my money there. I don't give tips. I'm not touching anybody. It's disgusting. I don't know. I, I know where they've been and it's not okay. Man's got to eat, Katie. Hey, consenting adults can do whatever they want. That's just not for me. I don't want to do it and it bothers me. Not that it, it doesn't bother me that it exists. I don't want to partake. Okay. It's not my style. I like a lot of other things and that's just not one of them. Strip clubs. Oh, Out. I'm going to cross that off the list. I didn't know that about you. I always figured you for a, you a peeler bar. You did I didn't. do a little spit bubble again? What is going on? I didn't I got see a soapy it. mouth. I do like burlesque clubs where the women dance and stuff and like pull themselves on those like silky things. That's very cool. And they're so strong. Very awesome. That doesn't bother me. Is that burlesque? I thought burlesque was, you know, like uh, There's sexy, a burl- but not, you know, maybe it's a combination of something. Cause there was this, there was this bar I loved over in Silver Lake. I went to a few times with my girlfriend. Um, we worked together at that EAP place. It wasn't Rocio and I, but Sarah was her name anyway. She now lives in Louisiana with her husband. They have two kids. But anyway, Sarah and I would go to this burlesque place. It was called it was called a burlesque bar in Silver Lake. And they had these running things across the ceiling. It was like these big, thick silver beads. And the women would like swing across. It was so wow. cool. And they did all these like... And yes, they were like wearing like underwear, but that didn't really matter. It was just really cool that they were so. So you looked up their skirt as they were flying by you? They didn't have a skirt. It's just like underwear. Oh, they were just wearing underwear. Mm-hmm. Wow. But they'd like do the splits on, they had like their own kind of stage and then they'd come out over the crowd and I was like, this is fucking, they're so, t- they're so strong. This is crazy cool. <clears throat> so that stuff doesn't bother me. I don't like strip clubs in Vegas. I don't like bachelorettes in Vegas. And I'm so thankful that I'm at that age where none of my friends are doing that anymore. And even if they did, I would feel perfectly fine saying, you know what? I'm going to stay in my own hotel. I'll meet you for dinner. If you want to see a show, I'll see a show. I'm going to bow out of this one. I'm going to take my own cab. I'm going to go home. I'm right there with you. And not because I'm a prude or anything. No, it's nothing about that. I I just don't, it doesn't, it's not enjoyable. I don't want to be in that situation. No. And and I have no problem. If somebody that I know happens to get married (laughs) and is like, we're doing a bachelor party in Vegas. I'd be like, you know what? Uh, Love you. But yeah. I'm just, it's not my, you yeah. know. But sometimes you got to show up just to be there for them, you yeah. know? I just don't know but, if I would go to the. But you just don't go to the strip club. Yeah. It's not my jam. Want to go but to a steakhouse, get some so good much sushi, good music and watch stuff a good and, show. Yeah, exactly. Fuck for shows. Yeah. That's what I want to see. I want to have a show. Yeah, I, I love wanna, Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. I could Cirque du Soleil all day. Love it. Well, Cirque du Soleil is pretty much a strip club these days. I don't know if you know that. Well, like, you Zoomanity. That, but that's the sensual Whoa. side of Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. We've launched a lot of Seinfeld. Sean's pretend to be Kramer. Yeah. That's totally different. Because have you seen others? Like Mystere or O or Ka? Um, I've seen pieces of them. Definitely. They're not anything like that. We were fortunate enough with the Newport Beach Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Todd Corderaro runs a fantastic marketing company in San Diego. San he also, Diego. Yeah, Q&A Marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also runs the Newport mm-hmm. Beach Film Festival, which is a fantastic, you know. Also Cirque du Soleil is Quebecois. Yes, it is. It's um, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they, they're, they're so the strong and talented and crazy. In Mystere, which is one of the search stories I've seen twice. I also saw the love, the Beatles love, one, yeah. which was really good. Did you see O? Part of it. I haven't seen Ka, but Veronica, my friend Veronica has seen them all. Yeah. And she likes them all, but Zoomanity she saw and she's like, it was uncomfortable to be there with my dad. So they have uh, at the Newport Beach Film Festival for I don't know, how many years they would have the, uh, 
Cirque du Soleil, whatever show is the hip show or whatever they're trying to you know get people mm-hmm. to go to, they would have part of the cast show up at, and we'd have mm-hmm. them on opening night, and it was fantastic. I mean, you really got to see I remember seeing some, them do their thing, but I don't remember if it was from Zumanity or what it was. Uh, at the festival, mm-hmm. where they all dressed kind of green? Mm, I don't remember. That was Green Men Group. <laughs> anyway, they I love Cirque du Soleil, mm-hmm. and I... I could do that in Vegas, like we'll go to a show and go yeah, to eat. for sure. Mm-hmm. The, the shows and the food in Vegas are second. We have a member of our community who is putting on her own show in New York. I don't, I'm going to ask her if I can tell people about it, but I think I might, cool. if, if she says, okay, but she's, it's, she's created it. She's the producer. She's going to oh, wow. be in it. It's really cool. I'm very excited. Nice. She's also very nervous as how long of a show. I think an hour and a half. What sort of material? It's, I want to say singing and dancing and stuff. I, it's like there's a, no kung fu. I don't think there's kung fu, but maybe she'd work some in for you. That'd be nice. Throw in a. You could get me there if, if I heard there was like some sort mm. of you know spinning backflip or kick. Or but something. it's at one of those cute places, kind of like um, I forget. I don't know, if, but it's not the Gramercy Theater because that's like a theater. This is like one of those like dinner lounge, you know, like where you see Seinfeld doing his stuff at the beginning of each show, where like they're a sitting comedy cellar or something. Well, they're sitting at little tables and there's like food and drink. It's mm. that kind of place. So it's really cool. I don't want to say the until I know she's okay with me. We're starving, Katie. We're starving for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, these four walls can't uh, entertain us anymore. No, we need to get out. Yep, but that's okay. We're we're working on it. We're gonna. Omicron we'll in, is almost over. From what we'll I heard. be we in New York at the end weeks. of the month. Yeah, six weeks. That's what I heard. Another six weeks. Uh, all told, when we had the spike, they're mm-hmm. saying it's about six weeks out. It's been like two, three weeks already. Yeah, but South Africa had their huge spike, mm-hmm. and that was six weeks ago. So they were down here, mm-hmm. they went up, mm-hmm. and then they came down, and they're about halfway down the mountain. Mm. Six weeks later, so the numbers have come down drastically. It was a very high peak, and then a sharp decline, but they're still at the halfway mark, which is you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm that's, not going to do anything about it. No, but that's what they're saying is that that's what we're dealing with is that we, you know, we're looking at basically from when we had our big spike, a million, a million people in a day tested positive. Yeah, not crazy. Well, we had a lot of friends test positive. I, it's like my cousin, Amanda sent me the funniest, I shared on Instagram too, but it was like a little Instagram reel. And if you ever played Mario, not Mario Kart, just like Super Mario. Yeah. Way back in the day, like original Nintendo. Super Mario Brothers 3 was the bomb. No, that not hey, 3. I... Not 3. 1. That was me. Oh. Um. Anyway, if you're just listening, the cords just shot off the table. And Sean, I guess, pulled him with his foot. Anyway, regular Super Mario. When you go into the... You go down the tube. Yeah. And you play underground. Yeah. It's Much all, like in Seattle. It's all brick. Yes. In, the, in the underground and then those things with fire on the end they spin oh, yeah, the, and as you get farther and farther they get longer and longer and you have to like try to manage like not to get hit by the one behind you anyway gets very complex. so if you don't know what i'm talking about it's okay i'll put a graphic on the okay. screen okay but the, it was saying anybody in december of 2021 who hasn't gotten covid yet and it's like mario with like all those things swinging and i was like i know and that's yeah. how she feels too also she's like a, phys- a physician's assistant a pa and so she's like frontline worker. I don't know how she hasn't gotten it either. Well, Amanda is, uh, you know. Well, she's she's also smart. She's quick. And something I learned, I forget who it was. I think it was my friend Grace. Anyway, another friend of mine who's a physician was saying that you're trained to know what you've touched. So it's like, you know that this hand touched that. 
And so you're not going to put it to your face. You're going to wash it. Like but it's the, part of like how you manage sanitation and how you don't infect people is like under like knowing where, where your hands are and what you've touched. I forget right. which there was a term she used. And I can't remember. Sure. But I don't think you catch it that way anymore, right? Mm-mm. Or not anymore. But it's what I was saying. I was alluding to the fact that aerosolized is that medical professionals are very clean and aware they're cognizant of their surroundings and of how, what's happening and how to not catch something not just touching stuff but like yeah they're aware they're going to take proper precautions if possible and you can, can still hope. get it obviously but i'm just saying yeah i used to film surgical videos as you know not used to just one time well no i filmed a ton of them like two or three maybe no probably like no way more than that Why? but they weren't all they weren't all on the road Oh, maybe that's why. But then you learn about filming from behind the surgical barrier. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty wild. Yeah. Sean sent me a picture of him and I might even still have it of you and your scrubs. Uh I think it's on my Instagram account. And then he joked like, Katie, I know your mom always told you to marry a doctor. And finally I am one or some stupid joke. Today I played a doctor. Yeah. I play one on TV. (laughs) Well, because the person was awake when I walked in. I thought they were going to be under, Mm -hmm. but. I was put into the, 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 the surgery room, the surgical room, whatever it's called. I should have known, but uh, <laughs> but I went into this the room. operating room? That's right. <laughs> hey, where's the doctor's knife? Oh, oh, she's still awake. The patient's still awake. Doctor's <laughs> knife. <laughs> no, but I, I, was, I was blown away because when I walked in, because mm-hmm. our, our equipment was all sanitized for, mm-hmm. so I, did, I spent a day cleaning everything and going through the procedure. What's the procedure? What's the procedure? But you have to make sure that everything is wiped down mm-hmm. uh, to the hospital standard, and then you bag everything on top of that. Bag it and take it, baby. Yeah, you have to be really, really cautious because you're dealing with people who are going to have uh, an open body, yep. an opening in the, you know, that's not normal, not natural. And <laughs> so... Is that the medical term? But as I walked in, <laughs> she looked towards me because she was getting the, um, the anesthesia, gas, the anesthesia, and I don't know if she thought that maybe I was part of the surgical staff. Probably. You look. What else would you think? Well, I was wearing mask and scrubs. No, no, I'm just the janitor. You know, I was mm-hmm. the camera guy, and um, she probably thought you were like a nurse or. Yeah, she didn't know until I got behind the camera, and then she was like, "Oh, okay, yeah." She saw that. I doubt. She saw, yeah, she was. Oh. She was awake, oh. and then. Uh, because I had to go in before the surgical team came in. Well, to get everything set up and make sure you just yeah, you have to turn the cameras on and make sure everything was good to go. Mm-hmm. It was really wild. We did uh, three sixty films. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember. Yeah, the what, DGI Osmo. No, that's no. The other it was thing. A, a different brand. What was that weird thing that we had? Oh, we had so many of them. Um, remember, we were driving through, um, or not driving. We were traveling, and Sean has this problem where when he gets new equipment like that, that serves our our business together no purpose he wants to bring it with us when we go places and we got stopped at every like tsa right there they thought it was a bomb well it's pretty odd because it's like 40 cameras in a circle yeah and i was like sweet mother married and joseph please take leave that at home next time right <laughs> we don't need it okay um are we ready to get into the emails yeah let's check, get check in my email let's get into the emails let's the letters the letters yes emails is better than the questions last time i said questions oh okay because i know we are behind yep let's get into it right away this one's from christina hi christina it says response more dog stories and a tale of misdiagnosis hi sean katie roxy and the otdm community roxy is out but she sends her best hello hello 
How are you? I hope you're doing well. We are doing well. Yeah, I'm I'm in good spirits. Yeah, today was just a long, weird day. A little overworked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slightly. Yeah, there was no real break through the holidays, but that's fine. There were there were breaks. I mean, there were not breaks. A couple hours here or there. <laughs> Wasn't not, allowed to sit down. That's Keep not a break. Moving. That's Keep called moving. sleep. Okay. Response. In episode 88, you read my letter about resveratrol and Alzheimer's disease. Wow, really struggling. My research project for my neurobiology class during my undergrad. Do you guys recall? I recall. I have attached a screenshot of a figure that I included in the final write-up of my findings. It's entitled Chick Embryo Neurons. My experiment was to treat chick embryo neural cells with three different doses of resveratrol. A low dose, a medium dose, and a high dose. I wanted to see which dose worked the best and to measure this, I used fluorescence imaging. Before imaging, I added a dye to my cells that would show lysosomal activity. Lysosomes are responsible for degrading cell waste, which is delivered to lysosomes through a process called autophagy. So the goal was to see which dose of resveratrol triggered the optimal level of autophagy. I might be saying that wrong. Autophagy, I think autophage? so. Mm-hmm. The idea behind this is that autophagy could slow down the process of neurodegeneration because it does deliver cell waste to the, ly- the lysosomes for it to be broken down. Okay, gotcha. One of the causes of Alzheimer's disease, as well as Parkinson's disease, which is what I'm researching now, is the buildup of proteins in neural cells. So you need them to move that shit out. You're like, we're gunking up here. We got a backlog. It's like Seattle. It's like Seattle. They need some running water and some sewage. Like, got to push this poop down the hill. We need some pipes, and so they're trying to find if the resveratrol can build some pipes. Okay. One of the cause. Oh, already there. Sorry. In Alzheimer's, the key proteins are tau and amyloid beta. If there could be a way to promote the optimal amount of autophagy in neural cells, that could be one therapy option to treat, prevent, and slow down Alzheimer's. My findings were that low doses of resveratrol was not enough to trigger autophagy, and the high dose of resveratrol was too much so that the cells died. Ooh, so somewhere in between. Fine balance. The medium dose was the optimal dose, which is shown in the photo that I have attached. The left photo is a regular microscopic image, and the photo on the right is the fluorescence imaging version. The brightness of the fluorescence was very good in this photo and showed lysosomal activity, meaning that that autophagy was activated. A lot more experimenting in this field would be needed before we can determine the right dosage of resveratrol, and this alone would not cure Alzheimer's, but it's in the right direction towards developing a type of treatment. They have probably done a lot more research into this now and maybe even figured out a dosage. I'm not sure, as I researched it back in 2017, but it would be interesting to read about it. Okay, now I wanna show you these uh, photos. Oh, I see, see it's all fluorescent up there. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Interest. Very, very interesting. I find it interesting. I'm uh, afraid of death. And so anything to <laughs> to, 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 to stave off the mm-hmm. uh, the Grim Reaper, you know. Mm-hmm. That's uh, fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. So resveratrol. Is here to stay. <laughs> is that how you say it? I don't know. Resveratrol, uh, I think. Resveratrol. I think. And uh, nicotinamide. I heard those are the two. Uh, Christina, is the nicotinamide good? Tell us. We don't want to get Smoke old. a cigarette. Drink some red wine. That's how the French live. And that's how you... Uh, you I know? don't think so. Okay. No cigarettes. Okay. It's a different nicotinamide. It's a vitamin B. No. Okay. Moving on to dog stories. Yes. Okay. 
The second photo I attached is one of my dog. Adorable. Hope you enjoy. In my last letter, I talked about when we first got our dog. Shortly after, we decided that we needed to get her a kitty collar with a bell so that we could hear her. Her paw steps were so quiet that we could never hear her walking up behind us. And it only took once for one of us to accidentally step on her little tiny paw for us to go out and find a collar with a bell on it. Makes sense. Because they do, I mean, little Miss Chunky Chunk back there, I'll just trip over her. And she doesn't wince because I didn't step on her. She gets behind my knees and I almost fall to my death. <laughs> yeah, she does that thing where she leans into you. Mm-hmm. But if she leans, she's a little heavier now. And if she leans she in push, the back of your leg, you, you're like, <laughs> you Okay. Um, however, none of the dog collars would fit her. She was too tiny, so we had to look at kitty collars instead. She's such a baby. Just a baby. We found a little red collar with a bell and no longer have problems hearing her move around. Soon after, I wanted to start training her to walk on a leash. Us two were working on that. A cat with a leash? No, it's a dog. No, the dog. I'm sorry. It has I'm a sorry. kitty collar. It's too right. small for doggy collar. It's a kitty collar. Okay. This was very funny. I started with a material leash, one that you hook onto a collar or harness that you hold into your hand, as opposed to the ones that you hook on and can extend out or snap back. So it's just a straight up regular basic one. Gotcha. Pretty standard, really. Very standard. That's what I trained Courtney with. It's just a basic, it was a leather collar. Okay. Yeah, when did the retractable one come in? That that came into play like in the 90s or something. Something like that. That was like a new fandangle device. Although Courtney, we had got him in the 90s. I don't know. Very good question. Okay. This is if I know, if you know what I mean, we know what you mean. I thought I would start slow. Remember, I was in eighth grade. So this was me trying to figure things out for the first time. She was sitting on the floor and I went to pet her and then I, I let her sniff the leash. She seemed neutral about it. So I hooked it onto her collar and let it lie beside her on the floor. Again, she seemed fine with it. I then picked it up, stood out in front of her and I started walking. She did not. And instead of walking, she decided that she didn't like this at all. So she lay down, stretched all four paws out to try and stop me. Oh, she's pushing. Oh my God. Remember, she's really tiny. (laughs) We have a wooden floor. She just slid all over it. It's like her on the tile. Right. No traction. No traction. So instead of stopping me, it ended up with me slowly sliding her on the floor by pulling the leash. I stopped because I didn't want to hurt her. I then tried to get her to stand and get her to walk again. Not happening. Eighth grade me was perplexed, as was two-month-old Penny. That's her name. I let it rest for a day and tried again the next. I found the key eventually. Can you guess what it is? Mm. Treats. Mm. Everybody loves treats. You know what the secret is? Bacon. Bacon. I would hook the leash onto her collar and then stand as far away as the leash would let me and hold out a treat. She would get up and walk. I don't remember all of how this process went, but today she is happily walking with me around with the leash on her harness. Yes, I did say that she walks me. <laughs> walking me around. <laughs> That's She would like to do that if she could, but we're trying to, to not have her walk us. I don't know. She's getting better. I've okay. been out of the dog game for so long. I have no idea how to train a dog. Well, not I just, that I did ever. I forget. Like, like what Christina's saying, how she's like, I don't really remember how all of this went. I trained Corny. And we took him to obedience classes and then I'd work with him after school. But I just don't remember the process. Like I totally forget how we did it and what the structure was. Right. So that's why we're, she's doing it and we're learning. We're reading our booklets. We're doing our homework. A second story from her puppyhood was when she was a puppy, she had plenty of toys. So she would never, ever scratch or chew furniture. That's what we've done with Little Miss down here. But she loves socks. Uh, Who doesn't? 
We would have to be careful not to leave socks lying around or else she'd run off with them. That's the funny thing is when she gets a hold of something that she knows she's not supposed to have, it's like she gets extra excited and she goes puppy. So her ears go back in like that puppy look. Yeah. And she like treaty trot, trot, look at me. Like she was barking last night. He was on the phone with my mom and Sean's like, he was working. So I was like, I'll go out and get her. And I went out. And she's barking and she had like some rock or bit of something that she'd found. Oh, you know what she's doing? She's pulling pieces off the foundation. And she's trying to ruin our home. I don't know. Like there's so many more pleasurable experiences than chewing on rock or concrete. Cement, yeah. Like right? that feeling of something oh, squeaking into your teeth. And she'll chew on it. It's like, and it like, like gives me the fucking, wh- like, oh. What are you thinking? Why would you do that? I don't know. But my mom was saying that one of her, I forget who it was, but someone else's dog. Oh, um, I know who it was. It was a friend of my dad's and his name is escaping me. Anyway, his dog would always pick up big rocks, but the vet was just like, be careful because it's not good for their teeth. And if they swallow them, you got some big problems. And I was like, she hasn't tried to swallow anything. Thank God. But anyway. Okay. So love socks. Oh, but what I was saying is when I was outside and she was barking, yeah. she'd bark and then she'd pick up that little rock and she'd run from me. So I couldn't get her to come in. And Sean's like, how come you're not getting her? And she keeps barking. I don't want the neighbors to go crazy. And I'm like, I don't, I legitimately don't know to tell you. But then she, I guess she dropped it. By the time I went inside, then came back outside, she had dropped it and I was able to get her in. But oh. she was like howling and barking and going nuts. A dog in the like, like, let's say like four houses across was howling and barking. I think it was stirring her up. Okay. So she'll run off with socks. One day, I didn't think anything of it, but I left my gloves on a footstool by my electric piano. I went upstairs to do something, and when I came back down, my gloves weren't there. Where were they? They're almost, they're like hand socks. Penny had grabbed them off the footstool and was chewing on them. I went to get them back, and she growled at me. I told her off and then took them from her. I had to do something else before leaving, so I put them on up on the piano so that she couldn't get to them. When I came back, there she was. She'd hopped up on the footstool and was in the process of grabbing my gloves off the piano. Caught in the act. That little turd face. Mm. It was so cute and funny, but at the same time, I knew I had to tell her off. That's the thing. I have a tough time with that too because I love them and I want her to know how sweet and adorable I think she is, but also I don't want to turn her into an asshole. So I have to have boundaries. Speaking of assholes, I think she just farted. Do Do you smell that? It's pretty bad. Oh, it is. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. The dog in the See, piano, my, uh-huh. My sweatshirt smells really oh, that nice. that smells nice. Yeah. I I'm going to get one of those bird noses full of flowers to hang out with our Pocket dog. full of posies. Right. Um, I wash this at my mama's and it smells good. Okay. Yeah. We and all fall down. It's Tootie McGee. <laughs> so it was so cute and funny, but she had to tell her off. It's so difficult when she looks so cute, even now. I yeah. 100% understand. Okay. On to our final story. Sure. A tale of misdiagnoses. Oh. During my freshman year of college, my right wrist started getting very sore. I am right-handed. I thought I had sprained it or something, so I put a brace on it. I did that once. Remember when my thumb went numb? Of course, I called my cousin Amanda because she's that's her specialty. And I was like, how come this is happening? She's like, I think you have a nerve pinch. You should do some of these nerve flossing Floss things. Floss your nerves. And put on this like hand brace. But the hand brace cut into my finger so bad it hurt, and I never wore it again. I wonder if I even moved it. I probably threw it out when we were moving. I was like, fuck you, hand brace. I probably gave it to Goodwill. Okay. One day, I felt the searing pain when I picked up my plate after dinner, so I decided to make an appointment at the town clinic. The nurse practitioner examined my wrist and couldn't figure out anything, so they had some blood work done. The next day, when I was at my work-study job at the library, they called me from the clinic and said that I had Lyme's disease. Uh, How would that cause that? I don't know. I know Mau Mau has Lyme's disease. I don't know enough about Lyme's disease. 
it's just Lyme, singular, I think, isn't it? Oh, she has it plural, Lyme's disease. Oh, I don't know anything. <laughs> so I was very surprised at this. I told them that I hadn't been bitten by a tick at all recently and that my wrist pain was the only symptom. They told me that sometimes you can be bitten and not know it and told me that I needed to start an, an antibiotic cure. There's no cure for Lyme's disease, is there? Um, I think they're learning more about it now. And There's a lot of people who had it for a long time. Right. Well, now, because I think it was first discovered not that long ago. Like, well, I know Gigi Hadid and Bella Hadid's mom has it. And she, yeah. She's like, uh, raises money for research and does all these like events and things to try per- to get yeah, perhaps it more was, awareness. It, there was a... The first cases were reported in the 70s, I believe, maybe the mm. late 70s. I could be wrong. In Lyme, Connecticut. And oh, is that why it's called Lyme disease? Yeah, and it, it's a Dearborn or, or any any creature out in the woods that ticks are hopping around on. And it's a blood disease, right? So then when mm-hmm. you're bitten, uh, the, you're infected by a, an infected tick. And it's it's transmitted to your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And then it's, uh, it's a blood disease. Right, uh, autoimmune, maybe? <laughs> A, is it autoimmune? B, is it blood? Lyme disease, also known as Lyme borreliosis, borreliosis, is a vector-borne disease caused by the Borrelia bacterium, which is spread by ticks in the genus Luxodus. That's what I said. I said all of that. Just The most common sign of infection is an expanding red rash known as urethma migrans, migrans. It appears at the site of the tick bite about a week after it has occurred. The rash is typically neither itchy nor painful. Approximately 70 to 80% of infected people will develop a rash. Early diagnosis can be difficult. Other symptoms may include fever, headache, and tiredness. If untreated, symptoms may include loss of ability to move one or both sides of the face, joint pain, severe headaches, neck stiffness, and heart palpitations. Jeez. And I complain. Remember yesterday mm-hmm. I was like, Katie, my finger hurts so bad. And you're like what's wrong and i said i've got a paper cut but it's a serious one you know you can even mm-hmm. see it you can look into it. i mean that's that's about as much pain as i can handle i'm not i can't imagine having lyme disease so there's an lines. adult deer tick that they show us but Oof. they said that most of lyme disease is caused by nymph nymphal rather than adult so baby ticks essentially now lyme disease is tr- transmitted to humans by the bites of infected ticks of that genus blah 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 um it's a bacterial infection. Oh, see, I was completely Ticks right. Ticks spread the bacteria more quickly. In North America, the bacteria, Borrelia, Burgdorferi, and a bunch of other things I can't pronounce, cause Lyme disease. So it's oh. a bacterial infection. Did I at least get it, it right that it had something to do with Lyme, Connecticut? I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I haven't. It didn't say. I haven't gone to the origin. But it says diagnosis is based on a combination of symptoms, history of tick exposure, and possibly testing for specific antibodies in the blood. Oh, Blood tests are na- often negative in early stages. Um, testing of individual ticks is not typically useful. Now, I don't know if we have... And I think it was a there, at one point with that, people thought, oh, it's a made-up disease. Like, it, it didn't really exist because it, the symptoms were so they're so all over the place all over the place and strange <laughs> mm-hmm. but the the fatigue part a lot of people because i think the fatigue comes and goes in your daily life and, and there can be long bouts of it and then you can kind of get better and so i believe and i could be wrong here that a lot of people are catching grief from their coworkers, friends and family saying oh you're faking it you're mm. you know what do you mean you're you're just tired you're lazy and so it was synonymous with that and which is a real shame you know, um, that yeah, it shouldn't be any stigma. It's just around like anything people Ill. pretending 
or trying to talk down or minimize your pain or whatever you're going through is not never helpful. Right. And I think a lot more people have been infected because as, uh, well, anyways, I, I just think, is it, doesn't have to do with global warming, but for some reason. No, I can tell you where it came from. Do you want me to read you sure, where it came sure. from? It said, um, one study has found, so there's a bunch of different things going on with it, and they're not 100% sure, but I can tell you a little bit. One study found that prior to the reforestation that accompanied post-colonial farm abandonment in New England. Okay. And the wholesale migration into the Midwest that occurred during the early 19th century, Lyme disease was present for thousands of years in America and had spread along with its tick hosts from the Northeast. Oh, did I say 1970s? I meant the 70s, like the original 70s. You guys, I need to be clear about some of the things I Mm -hmm, say. mm -hmm. (laughs) Nobody, it's okay. Um, From the Northeast to the Midwest. John Jocelyn, who visited New England in 1638 and again from 1663 to 1670, wrote that there is an infinite number of ticks hanging from the bushes in summertime that will cleave to a man's garments and creep into his breeches, eating themselves in a short time into the very flesh of a man. I have seen the stockings of those that have gone through the woods covered with them. North America was a terrifying place. Can so, you imagine seeing it? I have a hard no. time getting lost, not getting lost, but walking into <laughs> the woods by like a mile or two. Oh, oh I would never walk in the woods a mile or two. You out of your mind? I've done a couple How of trips. How would I get out? I'm horrible at directions. Well, if there's a path, you follow the path. Oh, like and hiking? you leave little breadcrumbs or gummy bears or whatever it is that you're going to follow back out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe you tie a string. But I've been out into the woods in the Rockies, you know, and a good clip, maybe like 20 miles. Mm-hmm. And, and that was far enough. That's far enough. Okay, because listen. once you're in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Once you're in the wilderness. Well, you've got all these ticks. So it says, this is also confirmed by the writings of Peter Kalm, K-A-L-M, a Swedish botanist who was sent to the Americas by Linnaeus, L-I-N-N-A-E-U-S, and who found the forest of New York abound with ticks when he visited in 1749. When Kalm's journey was retraced 100 years later, the forests were gone, and the Lyme bacterium had probably become isolated to a few pockets along the northeast coast of Wisconsin and Minnesota. Oh. I was very wrong with all my information. I don't see anything about Lyme. Connecticut. I don't think that's a place or it doesn't say, Hmm. at least from what I'm reading here. And this is just like Wikipedia. So it's not like I'm doing like some deep dive of anything. No, no. Wikipedia knows everything. Well, I think she farted again. Well, it has to be like, um, you know, somewhat uh, researched and supported and all that jazz. Right, right. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, I appreciate you doing that yes, research. I did the research. Okay. We went down the rabbit hole in that one. Back to the story. Yes. Even though I didn't think it was Lyme's, right? Remember? They told her it was Lyme disease. She's like, my wrist just hurts. What happened? Why is it, Why are we moving from zero to 60? Um, so they need to start the antibiotic cure. Even though I didn't think it was Lyme's, I decided to start the antibiotic cure just in case. It was a three-week cure, and it made me feel so sick. This antibiotic cure really knocked me down and I felt awful. Well, I'd assume it's over antibiotic where it like kills the good and bad bacteria. You know what I mean? Yeah. uh, Well, I don't, I'm afraid to talk about anything now at this point. I'm just, I'm over three in this conversation. I personally haven't had this happen, thank God. But a lot of my friends, when we would get antibiotics for like a cold or like strep throat, they'd get a yeast infection because that's like your, uh, what's it? Your flora, flora, flora something. We have good bacteria that keeps you healthy. Yeah. And if you wipe it all out, you got problems. Yep. Okay. That's why when you 
when you do take antibiotics mm -hmm. and some people are such fans of like, oh, I'm going to take a Z pack because I have a cold. You're like, you shouldn't take it at all for a cold, but it's um, good to have on hand if you have, if you're traveling or yeah, you're oh. in the wilderness and you we're, break a leg and you need like to make sleep. sure we're barking in our sleep. No, she doesn't want to bark she's on not, the camera. She does. She knows she's on the camera. Okay. But you know, Z packs yeah. are good for that sort of thing. If you really need to make sure you don't, develop uh, a Other bacterial or some sort of crazy infection. Okay, so listen to this. So it made her it made her feel awful, right? My appetite was all messed up and I felt nauseous all the time and about a week into this shitty ass cure, quote unquote cure, they called me back. So sorry, it was a false positive. Oh. What? I didn't have limes, but I still had to complete the cure. Why? After the cure, my wrist still hurt. <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Well, you paid for the cure. You might as well take the rest of the course of... Uh, I wish I knew a cure song I could jump into because I would have said it like five Boys times Don't now. Cry. There you go. I would have sang a little ditty like, well, you know. I would say, I'm sorry if I thought that I could change my... Good. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Her wrist still hurts. So I went back to the clinic. They then decided to send me to physical therapy. I was in physical therapy for about a month and my wrist was getting worse. My piano professor offered to take me to see her hand doctor. So that's what I did. He diagnosed me with carpal tunnel syndrome. Carpal tunnel can be caused by over... My dad had carpal tunnel. I feel like... Was it in like the 90s? Everybody had carpal tunnel and was getting surgery and stuff for it? Yeah. There there was a lot of surgery. Nation. You see a lot of uh, pretty strong scars on people from, from getting that mm -hmm. surgery. I nope. think what happened was... Mm -hmm. Here I go again <laughs> with uh, useless facts and some of them are not true. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think a lot of people were injured working at computers we we transitioned a lot of people were behind desks and doing a lot of work on keyboards and i think that developed it as well as uh, a lot of people who worked with tools with their hands uh, would also get it yeah so people working at computers really know what uh you know blue collar was all about you know working with the tools <laughs> sorry my mom texted me about her flight i'm gonna have to call her later okay, oh, okay. don't worry you guys i just like a text came through i was like can i answer it i can't it's going to take too much of my brain juice while I'm using my brain juice this way already. Okay. Carpal tunnel can be caused by overuse, which makes sense because my first semester of college, I was on the computer a lot for both school and work. That's when my eyes got bad. I'll always remember. So I, if you guys don't know, I don't know why they would know my eye story. Dun, dun, dun. So I was a junior in high school when I started like squinting and not being able to see the board easily in school. And if you remember, I'm old enough that we had like chalkboards or actually it was like uh, the whiteboards where you white right on it. None of this fancy schmancy computer shit that you guys have. So anyway, I would, I always sat in the front of the classroom anyways, cause I'm that person. I'm totally Hermione Granger and I don't feel bad about it. I enjoy school. So anyway, um, one of my teachers had mentioned it to me and I had an eye doctor appointment anyway. And he diagnosed me with astigmatism and something else. And I had to get glasses. And so I got glasses for a while. Hated them. Um, because it was like in my view. If you're not used to glasses, it takes a while to adjust. So I ended up getting contacts. Anyway, I think I still have those glasses because my dad helped me pick them out. So they're kind of sentimental now. But anyway, so went and got my contacts. I'm in graduate school. And you're like reading a lot. You're on computers a lot. Like I was just, you know, you're doing a lot. And writing a ton of notes because I was like studying to be a therapist, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, one of my teachers pulled me aside. I don't even know. Like, let's say like three weeks into that semester. Yeah. And she's like, Katie, I think it was Dr. Hall. 
she was like, Katie, um, you might want to go get your eyes checked. At this point, I had no health insurance, so <laughs> cool. She was like, you might want to go get your eyes checked because you're squinting a lot and you, you weren't doing that last semester. So she's like, my eyes got worse in grad school. And I was like, oh, I already have contacts. She's like, I think they're worse. And holy shit. Okay, if anybody has not had bad eyesight or had to go to the doctor to get your eyesight fixed, when I was a junior in, in high school and I finally got glasses slash contacts, when I was driving for the first time on my own, like out the highway, I was like, I could see the leaves on the tree. It was like I was in a whole nother world. Everything was so much clearer. It was like magic. So anyway, so I went to um, my eye doctor, Dr. Dickey in Santa Monica, I highly recommend. And he was like, well, first of all, you don't have astigmatism. That's incorrect. And I forget what else it was. He was like telling me other stuff that was wrong. And, and I was like, oh, I mean, I'm from a really small town. So I'm not surprised that like they got it wrong. No, no hate on anything. I'm just like, okay you guys when i tell you my new contacts slapped they made everything so much better oh really? my god oh my god oh well you do have to change your prescription on the regular because your eye shape changes as you as you age so does your your cornea your your eye uh, for some people yes lens mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. for everyone and i think that's why they say well if if they when they did your eyes mm-hmm because you had eye surgery, right? Mm -hmm. Then I had LASIK, so that's where the story really ends about my stuff. But getting that the new contacts, fucking life-changing. Right. I was like, wow, how have I been dealing with these? Like, not. I was like negative 1.25 or something. And then these new contacts were totally different, not for astigmatism. And they were like negative 2.25. It was like I was seen into another dimension. <laughs> Call you x-ray specs that's how you feel but then yeah we got lasik and all's well okay sorry back into the letter so she worked at a computer a lot <clears throat> um i worked at a library and was doing a lot of administrative tasks i was also taking piano lessons playing the clarinet and orchestra and then physical therapy probably didn't help on top of all of that if you don't know carpal tunnel is when there's pressure on a nerve in your wrist yes this can cause tingling, numbness, and pain, which is what I was experiencing. An option for non-surgical treatment is a cortisone shot. Yeah, my dad had that. And then he had surgery. And that reduces the swelling, cortisone? Yeah, it's supposed to like release the pressure on that nerve. But I think cortisone, the way it acts is it, it, it reduces. Anti-inflammatory? Yeah. I believe so. I believe so. Okay. Um, I asked if that hurts and what side effects there are for it. And apparently people that I knew had gotten cortisone in their ankle and were able to walk out of whatever clinic they were um, out on the same day. So it didn't sound so bad. I decided to get that cortisone shot. I went in, he numbed my wrist with a freezing spray and the cortisone shot also contained lidocaine, like the one they put in your hip. Yeah, that was packed full of steroids too. It was like a super cocktail. Mm -hmm. And he said, it may work, it may not. You it's worked it? so far. <laughs> Did it ever? Knock on wood. I have one strong glute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I crack well, walnuts with that side. And break chair legs. The other one is kind of. <laughs> if I broke a chair leg. Yeah. From sitting we had to order desk. new chairs. If you don't know, Sean broke the leg last week. Okay. Um, anyway. So also contained lidocaine, which would help with the pain, apparently. Yes. He also used ultrasound to find the place where, the, he, where he needed to inject the cortisone. Right before he did it, he said, I'm so sorry, this is going to hurt. Yeah, it's one of those big needles. So before jabbing the needle into me, he had to inject the cortisone in the place on my wrist, just below the palm of my hand. You know what I think would be a good invention? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So think about this. 
That's you're gonna so get, terrifying. You're going to get the needle, right? That just feels so yeah, I know. like a vulnerable place. Exactly. Yeah. So what if instead mm-hmm. of, because you see the needle, this is the part. That, you said to close your eyes. Look away. You gotta, I'm not doing it. The doctor's doing you it. You see the needle coming. But if there was like a, a cup around the needle, so you didn't know when it was going to touch you. Just look you, away, Sean. How are you going to look away from that train wreck? For the love of Christ, close your eyes. It's a train wreck. You got to no. make sure that you see. If I get nervous, I just look away because then I don't know when it's going to happen. And I'm just like, oh. And it's done. I don't get nervous with small needles, with regular needles, but there's been a couple of needles that I've seen go into me, and I do not like that at all. <laughs> like, there was the big one uh, when when I broke my tailbone. Oh, yeah. That was fucked It still up. aches you when it gets cold out. Oh, my God, yeah. Your poor tailbone. Yeah. I can't wiggle it like I used to. He shakes, shake his, my tail shakes his tail feather sometimes. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, but okay. I, I saw because I was looking in the mirror as they Close stuck the Close your fucking eyes, dude. There were three doctors standing behind me and my pants were down and they were like Sean. choking and prodding. Because your your coccyx was broken. Did you know that they grabbed? I'm sure they tried to reset it. Yes. They, they you know how they grab you to reset right it? Right into your, your like your perineum meets your butt crack yeah. up at the top. and <laughs> Yeah. They tried that and it didn't work mm-hmm. that well. So then they took out a big needle. I don't know. I think it was just like a lidocaine, like to kind of reduce mm-hmm. some of the swelling. And did you uh, see your whole butt turn black? Katie, from the back of my thigh by my knee, all the way up to the middle of my back, and my butt was swollen and hard, like, like, like it, w- it was like a, a giant gorilla's butt. Like it was so strong. <laughs> I almost choked on my own spit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, had, I looked like butt. a gorilla from my knee to the middle of my back. It was black. <laughs> It was crazy. I mean, I would have really been worried about you because even with your hip and stuff, did you just lay on your front part and have people help you ice and change your ice out? Did Joe help you? Did oh, you well, live with Joe? <laughs> I did live with Joe. So for those of you wondering what happened, I'll make it really quick. I had a terrible accident rollerblading. It was my fault. I, I flew down a hill uh, thinking that I was the man on rollerblades. And he ran into some broken up black or asphalt or concrete or something. Yeah. Right? And then I flew from there through the air and I landed on my butt, broke it. I didn't realize it was broken because I didn't even think about that. He's in shock also. Yeah. So you're like, oh. I, I felt really bad. Um, like there was something wrong, but mm-hmm. I, I figured I'd, I'd muscle through it because I was a bachelor living my own, you know. How well, old were you? Like 30? No, no. I was in my mid 20s maybe. Um, and uh, so <clears throat> I woke up in the middle of the night and I, I thought I, I need to go downstairs to get some water, you know, like I don't mm-hmm. feel well. Everything was wrong. And but you never went to the doctor that day at not all. Not that day at all, because we were at a barbecue. It was in the afternoon of the barbecue. That evening, I tried to make my way down the stairs, and I got trapped in the stairs. And because I things weren't working, like I, yeah, I was holding the rail, and my legs and, kind yeah. of <laughs> collapsed, and I'm lying in the stairs, and I'm trying to uh, get Joe's attention because he's in the master the bedroom. I'm in the guest bedroom, or not, not the, but the room that he I was rented. In the, yeah, mm-hmm. and. I tried to say his name and I couldn't raise my voice. Like I was, there was, my body was you all messed weak. up. I was You're like, yeah. Joe, help, <laughs> <help>. <laughs> and the next morning he found me in the staircase and I was still awake. Like I hadn't slept. I was just like, Hey buddy, <laughs> help. <Aww. laughs> he was like, what happened? You know, like you, you, you're like, I'm broken. Well, he was there when I fell, but he's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I just need you know, and he's like, uh, you're not okay. Yeah. I like how people, when they find you in like a dire condition, like you're clearly stuck on the stairs. He's like, are you okay? You're like, clearly I'm not. I, can't I went go to work that down. day. So he helped me upright. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the kitchen. I, I had some water. Uh, I took a bunch of aspirin and it helped reduce whatever like was 
all messed up. Some of the swelling went down. I was somewhat mobile. Why did mobile. you not go to the hospital? I was in shock, I think. Uh, so <laughs> I went to work. There's a women live longer than men. I get to work and I can't get out of my truck. And I was like, hell? <laughs> my, with my window down. Joe. And someone walking the, in the parking lot was like, what is wrong? I was like, and then I explained that I had an accident and I'm not think i hadn't slept all night <laughs> yeah you drove yourself i got in the truck work? and i drove to work like i was that stunned um it was a really bad like it, the the damage was pretty pretty good yeah but, so then uh, that day did you go to the hospital i did well so that person who found me in the parking lot at work was like hey, you got to go to the hospital so they they pushed me over in the in the truck and they you. took me to How the, nice. the emergency room yeah who was this person we should i don't remember award them a gold star <laughs> it's one of my co-workers kind co-worker circa yeah, yeah. 2005, four. Yeah, right around there. Uh, who was that? I don't know. Now, anyways, so. I thought you were around 30 at that, or like no, 28 no, or something. No, I was still younger than that, yeah. But still, <laughs> yeah, go like, to the doctor. It was a good accident, and, and they they were quite shocked by like how traumatized, because the area, I hadn't really done anything aside from take the aspirin that morning, and so the swelling, the trauma, and hence the, the mega bruising, I guess. I don't know. It was... It was intense. So well, you that, didn't get any help. You didn't do anything to help yourself. So it got worse. Yeah. That's one of the best things about getting married has been, um, you know, I surrendering. Take care of you? No. Well, yes. But surrendering, <laughs> not the machismo but like the, oh, I'm fine. I'll take, because there's more than just me, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's the two of us. And I, I can't have, I can't do that. You know, I. Well, I won't let you anyway. It'd that's be like, true. We got to go. Yeah. No, no, put those rollerblades down. Oh, I was Remember go when we were moving, when you were moving in with me, you brought them out and I was like, throw those things in the trash. It's yeah. fucking rollerblades and garbage. They, well, they weren't cool ones anyways. I mean, they were cool at the time when I got them, but a decade Who cares? Gone your, by. your butt is still not the same. I want to get hockey rollerblades, so like ones that have real okay, hockey Okay, I'm going to go back into this letter, okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you don't have to apologize. I'm just like, we're getting off topic now, but I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, thanks. And that's why I make your appointments for you and make you go for your physical. And your, yeah. You have your dentist appointment tomorrow, don't forget. And I get we go get your skin looked at because he's got the the precancerous seals. Okay, back to the letter. Okay, so they're jabbing the needle into the place on her wrist, just below the palm of her hand. It hurt a lot. Oh uh, yeah, that's like the time I had an ingrown toenail because I got smashed in the foot by a softball once. You know, it like took a jump and hit my shoe, and it smashed into my big toenail was never the same and i had to get an ingrown toenail removed if anybody's ever done that hats off to you because it's fucking the worst and they numb your toe with like three shots but man the pain i came and tell you from just getting it numbed from that shot going straight into your toe you have like there's not much meat there you're like hey buddy okay hurt a lot i cried but i couldn't move my hand because there was a needle in it so i tried to hold as still as possible that's like me with my toe you want to kick like your your re- your reaction is to like pull it away but you're like no do the thing so the, this surgery is is basically they're sticking a needle into her wrist from right below the palm of her hand and it's cortisone lid- lidocaine mm-hmm. whatever else makes mm-hmm. the pain go away mm-hmm. and then they're hoping that it's going to reduce some of the the swelling or the inflammation that's causing that nerve to be pinched. Right. Okay. Okay. So it says um, she had to hold as still as possible. Afterwards, I experienced a lot of pain every time I bent my fingers or moved my hand. I called the next day when this hadn't worn off and asked about the after effects. The nurse said that these should wear off in a few days. 
They did not. Oh, shoot. I was a lot worse for a few months after the cortisone shot before I felt any slight improvement. A few months. Holy shit. Today, fortunately, the effects of the shot have worn off, but I still have to be careful um, of overuse. Oh, gotcha. So fortunately, there's no more. But while I'm on the subject of misdiagnosis, I am now awaiting an evaluation for abdominal and pelvic pain. This paragraph may be a more of a rant session than anything else, so please feel free to skip over it if you like. I Not enjoy we that's all we do here. Rant and rant. About a month and a half ago I experienced severe pain in my lower right abdomen. I thought it might be appendicitis, so I went to the clinic, who then sent me to the ER. Is that where the appendix is? Lower right hand side? Hmm. I actually don't know if it's like pelvic. I thought it was like no, that's your kidney. So probably she's probably I was right. thinking it was up higher, but oh. you'd have to lower def- right side. Okay. Lower? Okay. Thought it might be appendicitis, so I went to the clinic, who then sent me to the ER since they also thought it might be appendicitis. And those things, if you don't know, can burst and kill you. So you got to get it out. After a couple of days of testing, the doctor diagnosed me with constipation and sent me home with laxatives. That was it? That's what the problem was? No. Oh. These did not help the pain. So I went to see my GP. He thought it might be gallstones or gallstone oh. sludge. What are gallstones? What's the difference between a gallstone and a kidney stone? One is made in the gall and one is made in the kidney. <laughs> one's made in the gallbladder and one made in the kidneys. I, I'm guessing so. I got to look this up. Well, from what I understand, the kidney stone is one of the most excruciating pains that anyone can ever, ever go through. Now, I don't know because I haven't had one, but apparently it's just like you feel a like. A kidney stone is a solid mass made up of tiny crystals from the minerals calcium, oxalate, and uric acid. Gallstones are hard pebble-like cholesterol or pigment deposits that form inside the gallbladder. They can be small as a grain of sand or as large as a golf ball. God damn. Are gallstones painful? I don't know much about this. I would assume so if they're hard. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine. Um, okay, so it says the function of the two organs. So they, one is made in the kidneys and one is made in the gallbladder. So the job of the gallbladder is to store bile produced bile. by the liver which aids in digestion and absorption of fats. Each one can produce a stone, so the kidney and the gallbladder. Kidney stone, that would I already read, and the pebbles, the pebble hard, like cholesterol of the gallstone. Um, they're the uh, the clam of the, uh, the there body. There can be one or more yeah. stones in the kidney or gallbladder at the same time. You know, like how a clam produces a, an oyster? <clears throat> Our Is kidneys it? do that. <clears throat> yeah, there's an irritation. Yeah. Uh, it says most people with gallstones experience no symptoms, but when they do, they experience pain in the upper right abdomen, back pain, and nausea and vomiting. Oh, I was just talking to him. Um, was it my mom? Ma'am? Somebody. Oh, yeah. Um, because in Larry's family, his first wife has horrible kidney stones all the time and has to have uh, surgery to get them removed and stuff. And so do some of his kids. But not all of them. But it's like my mom wonders if there's a genetic component, and I was like, I don't really know enough about them. They do that. No one in thing our family has They shoot them. Pew, pew. They sonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a sonic. It's like yeah, it like yeah. vibrates to break them up. But they're worried that sometimes that'll cause more little. Uh, well, then you're breaking it up into how many. And yeah, but hopefully then you can pass it as opposed to them having to go in and yeah, they don't want it. to have to extract extract them. Oh man, I really hope I never get one. Somebody who I have was a hard it? time with a paper uh, cut. I told you. I, oh, you put a band aid on that. Why I did. I had it on earlier, but then. Um, so now you're going to play with it and touch it until it breaks back open? 
No, no, no. I just, I had one on and then it, it got wet and we were oh. filming. So I, I had oh. to take it off. I didn't want to be like, we'll a, put it on tonight. When we there's go to nothing bed. grosser than a wet dangly band-aid. Well, you shouldn't have a wet band aid. It's not good. I mean, okay. it's not so bad when it's my own, but when it's someone else's, I'm like, no, but Ooh. a wet band aid is not good. You don't want to trap bacteria onto your thing. You want to clean, dry, yeah. fresh. Okay. Back to the gallstones. So I don't know gallstone sludge, but I assume it's very similar to gallstones. So we ordered a special type of an MRI. Okay. We thought it was constipation. Didn't mm-hmm. help anything. How he thinks his gallstones are gallstones, gallstone sludge. That night, I experienced severe pain again in my upper right abdomen and my lower right back. So I went back to the clinic who again sent me to the ER. Seems to be just like a little merry-go-round here we're in. Okay. I was admitted for the second time and they ordered a special type of MRI for me right there and then. They still couldn't find any medical reason for the pain. So they gave me, a nar- gave me narcotic painkillers and sent me home. You say, bitch, something's wrong. So let me figure this out. Right. Let's just mask it with some painkillers. Yeah. Put it like, I've been this waiting. This too shall pass. What? I've been waiting for an endoscopic ultrasound for about five weeks now. And I still haven't heard back from the hospital. I've been to my GP a few times now and he changed my pain meds since the other ones were causing a headache that finally cleared up after a week. Once I went off of the old pain meds for 24 hours. Last week, I got severe pain in my right pelvic area and couldn't walk or move without pain. This is terrible. I'm so sorry. I went to the clinic again. They couldn't find anything wrong, so they sent me home. I hate being sent home when you know something's wrong. Ugh. Right. Don't send me home. Let's keep looking. I then had a breakdown because I've been in pain for so long and no one could find anything wrong with me, so they kept sending me home. The doctor was looking at me like I was crazy or something at that point. I really didn't feel, um, I really did feel crazy at that point. Oh, really dreaming back there. I now have gone to the private clinic who couldn't find anything wrong with my gallbladder. So I have an appointment for a colonoscopy with them while I'm waiting for the endoscopic ultrasound at the public hospital. This has been incredibly frustrating as sometimes the pain meds don't help or they help for a little bit and then they wear off. Yeah. And they just have nasty side effects, right? Narcotics are mm-hmm. not, not the best thing to, to be taking long term. Right. So. It seems that this is a mystery to some, but the doctor at the private clinic was a lot more validating than the doctors at the public hospital. I hate that, right? This might be because the private clinic appointment cost me 200 bucks, whereas the the public hospital is free. But I've been so desperate for help. I would have been too. Sometimes you're just like, I'll pay anything. Like we were super broke when your hip was acting up too. And I was like, gotta get the MRI. We paid how many thousands of dollars? I think it was uh, $4,500 at the end of the day with everything. And I was like, this is... And we... Remember because I I did the MRI MRI. after that, there was all the medication. Then eventually the hospital or Mm -hmm. uh, UCLA Mm -hmm. uh, took me and pumped me full of the drugs. But that was crazy because there was so many people involved in it. Yeah. And then they never even looked at those MRIs. No. I was like, anyway. Okay. Um, This might just be more of a rant portion of this email, but that's what's been going on with me. I also wonder if there's a cyst or something stress-related. My mom was recently diagnosed with breast cancer that has metastasized to her lymph nodes. I'm so sorry. Um, And and her skeletal system. So there's been a lot of stress with treatments and doctor's appointments for her. Fortunately, it's treatable, manageable, so she's been on hormone therapy. Good. However, doctors aren't indicating how long she has. They keep saying years, but in my mind, years, yeah, it could be one. Well, I guess two years, two or 10, she says. So it'd be nice to know. I understand they can't really tell you these things, but it's just frustrating. Her nurse has been very lovely, though, and um, has been a good source of comfort for both my mom and I. Sorry for the serious turn of this email, or the serious turn this email has taken. More Nor- Norwegian words. Are you ready? Sure. And don't worry about taking a serious turn. I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I actually like hearing. For it all. Yeah. It's, it's not uh, all 
It sounds all have to be puppy dogs and rainbows. That's what that's, I was thinking. Puppy tails. Oh, puppy tails! You know, I was planting an idea in your head. You a cute I think it's a wagon. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, crap. Okay, as always, answers and pronunciation and meaning are in the PS. Okay, there's five of them. All right. You can go first. Neurobiology. You say it like I don't know, like you're German or. Oh something. yeah, like I was uh, from Transylvania. <laughs> Sictum. Gautur. Med- medicine? Is that medicine? <laughs> medicine? Coloscopy. Colonoscopy. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to say... I, I didn't have the accent down on that. I think that's a gallstone. Gautur. Okay. I think that's medicine. Colonoscopy. Skydom or psychdom? Psych ward? Oh, oh I don't know. Nevro. I think that's like neurobiology. Okay. I think yeah, I think you're right. I think we're getting the hang of this okay, language. The PS says... Nevrobiology. It's hard. Oh, it's a hard G as in gas. So nevrobiology. A G. No, gas. G. Strong G. As in gas. So nevrobiology. Okay. Neurobiology. Nice. You nailed it. Nailed it. Getting better. Seekdom. Is it illness or disease? That says sickness. Oh, oh, no. Yeah. No. What did I say? I don't even remember. Hmm. You have to. You guys have to tell me. Gotter, go, tur, go for a walk. I was way off. I said gallstone. Same thing. <laughs> medicine, medicine. Okay. And coloscopy, colonoscopy. We there did pretty. Go. I think we did pretty well there. Yep. I think that's you know. Bring it on. Those words weren't that hard. It was. It was. You know. Wasn't <laughs> too bad. Okay. Okay. Our next letter is from Aaron. Okay. Hello, Aaron. Ready. Hi, Aaron. It is entitled Bad Advice and the Backpack. And I think this is the last one we'll do because we need to eat. Okay. Um, and sorry, guys, we only got through two letters. <laughs> okay. So Aaron's says, hello, Katie, Sean, Roxy, and the OTDM family. Hello. Howdy do. Says I was given a lot of bad advice growing up. So when you asked, I just had to share a few of the worst. I'm already so excited. I was bullied all through school for my weight. But when I entered high school, I realized that I was bisexual and I came out to one person and it was soon around the school like wildfire. I'm so sorry. I was teased, beaten up twice and had death threats. Why are people such fucking assholes? People are afraid of things that they don't understand, you know. But being afraid of something and harming someone that has that something, if you see it that way, do you know what I mean? No, I I hear you. It's a huge leap to me because there's a ton of things I don't understand. Yeah. But I just it's let people teach me about it. You know, I know. It's stigmatized by. Uh, you know what always still shocks me is how people assume that if someone is gay or a lesbian, that like if you're the gender that they're attracted to, that they must be attracted to you. Oh, that's just people being narcissistic. I'm like, why are you? Am, am what I, you're gay? You must like me. You must think. Oh, I'm, you're gonna come on. I'm super you know, sexy. And, now you're gonna try to grab my ass. And, yeah, exactly. I'm like, do people in hetero relationships do you do that to other like? Okay, sorry, it's a whole rant, but that's just how I feel. So I was teased and um, had death threats yelled at me. I finally gathered the courage to see the guidance counselor, and the only thing he kept telling me, guidance counselor, man, it's because they don't have a psychology degree most of the time. They'll get bored and move on to someone else next week. Don't worry about it. That was I heard that. I heard that. Um, You heard that from who and how? Let me beat him up. No, I've I've heard that before, that people will say that, like, I think that was how bullying was dealt with back in the day. I'm like, oh, they'll, you know, they'll find some new target. Uh, just keep your head low. 
and uh, they won't beat you up at school. Just sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Yeah. That's not good advice. I actually had a client, this is years ago, it was really a conundrum for me because the school would do nothing and I'd gone to meetings to meet with like the principal and their teachers and- On behalf of a student. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the bullying was getting too much and his grades were dropping and he wasn't wanting to go and he yeah. gained weight because he was like binge eating and we were having like a whole, that's why they found me because of the binge eating. Anyway, it was hard because they wouldn't do anything. Be- and the that, school wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. The parents were like fighting. I was fighting. I can't tell you, I've never- as a professional, when I'm in a professional role, I keep my cool. But I tell you what, I want Was to it jump. A pri- private school? Mm-hmm. And they get away with murder. Well, I have a theory about that. and and It's because I'm not held accountable to the same. Although, I will be honest, I also saw this person's sister, who was at a different private school yeah. in our area, and they were much better. Like right. leaps and bounds, did everything, all sorts of stuff. We got her more time on tests. She got to be in her own room for testing. She got to have, uh, like, be half, uh, like, she only went to school for half days. Okay. I got so many things, like accommodations. Mm. But he was younger, and so in a different school. It's terrible. So what's your hypothesis about private schools? Well, I wonder if, if uh, there's one child who's mm-hmm. being bullied, but let's say there's five other kids who are doing the bullying. Mm-hmm. If it's at a private school where you're paying, you have mm. five paying clients they, and, and they were one scholarship, pay, scholarship kids, right? So that you know, maybe you just you're that's not so as fucked though. That's not right. I'm not saying that's the no, case. No, but if that is even a partial case, like what if one of the kids' parents is extremely wealthy and mm-hmm. they 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 donate money or I don't know. Maybe they thinking. should be better parents so their kids aren't assholes. My dad, I would have been beat at home if I was a bully. Yeah, like there's no excuse to be a bully. No, but you know where the kids learn it from. Their, their parents. parents are bullies yeah. or, you know, someone in their family mm-hmm. is. And it's just learned yeah. behavior. Mm-hmm. I think I could be wrong. I mean, there's a small, small, small percentage that are like Innate narcissists bullies. or antisocial personality, sort of like a soci- sociopath. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some kids that are that way anyways, but they tend to be more like, it's just different. Mm-hmm. Maybe bullying could be part of it, but that's not always going to, you know, so there's going to be some of that, but most of it's learned behavior by their parents being bad parents or nanny or whoever, or being just neglected. Mm. that's how they learn to get attention. I never went back and the bullying continued. I ended up switching high schools the next year to a school called the the Triangle Program. It's the only high school in Canada for LGBT plus youth. And it was much happier. I was much happier somewhere. I felt safe to be me. 100%. Yeah. I, it's, honestly, that was the tricky thing about the scenario I had with my one patient is that because the school wouldn't do anything, I felt pretty helpless to help my client. And the only thing I told the parents, I was like, find out who those parents are and you need to talk to them. Yeah. I was like, because I don't know how else to stop it because all the stuff that we tried to tell them, like ignore them, walk away. Don't, don't go anywhere alone. Bring hit a friend. So I was like, bring your friend with you. Cause his friend is really big. Even though they were both kind of like quieter. He was like, they didn't pick on him cause he was larger. Yeah. And my patient was smaller. So I was like, always bring him with you. Um, you know, and that was one of the accommodations. I was like, I need to make sure that like either he can get out a little earlier or later to get to his locker and back, you know, so they don't. Anyway. Oh, man. I have a story that just came to mind. It uh-huh. made me think of it. Mm-hmm. When I was living in New York City, mm-hmm. uh, going to film school, I used to have to walk past a high school. So I was in my uh, early 20s. That's the worst time. Not a big deal. I'm in my early 20s. Like, I'm confident of who I am. No, but, but high walk, schoolers are the worst. I had to walk past high schoolers, and they were tough New York City kids. And mm-hmm. so, you know, PS, 
302 or whatever in Manhattan and man that was a rough crowd <laughs> and they they would bump into you like they'd walk and but like they saw me every day going to my you know and I was like man I should walk on the other side of the street I'm like I'm not gonna get bullied by a high school kid so I would do my I'd walk you know you gotta have crowd. a thing a dig that's gonna get them well yeah but there there was some tough kids like you know there's anyways there's a lot of high school kids and just me right mm-hmm. but I then girls are different there was a guy from film school who was staying up the road for me mm-hmm. and he was uh like six foot ten he was like a giant Ooh, of a human bring him with you well i started walking to school with him <laughs> <laughs> he was and your protector that's when i realized that tall people have it so much better in some ways not mm-hmm. in all ways but the one thing i noticed is when i walked with him in manhattan people moved away like because you know everyone's shoulder to shoulder oh they gave way when Instead it's a of what, super wait, tall person what we have to do is just you have to just you have to push your way through well i i'm not gonna get bullied by high school kids anymore you know what i mean but at the time it was it was oh, actually i used to be pretty ruthless um i found i guess it's girls girls are different than boys and but it was because there was a pack of them it was like if it was you know five kids there wouldn't no, but be boys nervous, are different like boys are like you have to fight fight girls fight with words uh, so if you just scare them with something so me and my friends i forget i don't know if they they had to be high schoolers i guess i don't know but they attempted to bully me and i pretty much told them what was going to happen to them if they ever said anything or did anything because i knew enough about one of them and i was like oh i know your dad works at, and i was like called out family and like was being real weird and i'm like i will i will out scare you i watch you a lot of crime crazy. i got crazy yeah. i think that's as a woman well as a girl i guess I learned that the best way to deal with a bully isn't to try to bully back or to be, it's to scare them with more crazy. You just got to turn your crazy up to 10, just for a minute. Just let them know it's in there. Cause then they're like, don't fuck with her. She's crazy. Stop smacking yourself. She's crazy. Oh. <laughs> don't do it. Don't hurt them. Don't hurt them. People run away. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible advice. How to deal with bullies. Katie act Shaw. Crazy. Find a tall friend and you should act crazy. <laughs> no. The funny thing was I dealt with bullying for a really short period in middle school. And because I went through that, yeah, it like changed how I interacted with people where I don't know what it is necessarily, but I can, without saying anything, look really cold and like dangerous a little bit. And so I do that a lot. I don't say anything. I just make people get scared. Like I just go cold, like no emotion. Oh, I know the look. <laughs> and it, it's, it's been... Did you take the trash out? <clears throat> no, I don't do that to you. <laughs> but I do do it to people who I think are being rude or, or mean or something. And even as an adult, like someone who'd be an asshole, it, you just like go unfriendly real quick. And it like stops people, I find. But again, like Aaron's situation is a little more intense than like yeah. me getting like my bra snapped and teased and stuff. We've talked about bullying before on this podcast, and <laughs> I really think it's one of the worst things. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine yeah. being a kid now? No, because it was bad enough to get teased for like that like two year period. Yeah. It's another thing to come home and get on fucking Facebook or and Snapchat the, or some shit. The and scars somebody... that come along with that, the yeah. mental scars, oh. and it happens to adults as well, which I yeah. find, I didn't realize that was going on. But uh, in th- reading some of the comments from your videos, uh, a lot of people have issues, whether it's with their neighbors, yeah. their friends, their coworkers, family members. A lot of people feel like they're they're bullied. And maybe the other people don't realize what their behavior is, is doing. But man, uh, but bullying think, is. Well, and there's bullying as a kid and there's bullying as adults. 
and it happens all the time. I'd like to tell people it stops at school. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. But maybe you can build better armor for yourself. Like you learn some techniques. And like Katie get, yeah. has crazy eyes. I have tall friend. One thing I did, there was this girl at work. This is like years ago. She would just bully people. And she never, she didn't try to do it to me directly, but she tried to do it to one of my friends. And so I went by her desk one day because she said something really rude. And I was like, so I heard that you were, you were being rude to, to my friend, you know, it was Rocio. I was like, you were being rude to her. I was like, it's not really appropriate as an adult. You're like bullying someone. I was like, I hope you think twice before you say stuff like that. Cause that makes you look really bad. And I just walked away and stuff like that can make people like think twice. And it's just simple things being called out for bad behavior. Yeah. And it wasn't me. I wasn't bullying her. I was just like, Hey, don't do that. That's not cool. Stop. Stop being an asshole, mm-hmm. you know? And since I think, cause she hadn't done it to me yet, maybe, maybe she thought, I don't know. You wouldn't take, her wouldn't face take her. in a photo and then photoshop it on top of a a, a pigeon you know or something like that and like post what? that photo make copies and post around the office like a little revenge why would that be revenge well make her look like the pigeon lady you know oh and then start calling her pigeon lady yeah, yeah you got a pigeon oh, brain oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly oh. you, you beat bullying with bullying you know, no you just a little bit of photoshop bad advice i know bad, this is probably bad advice that's what aaron's sharing is her bad advice yeah but that's that's a fine. I think just as adults, if I can muster it up, which isn't always the case, but if I legitimately don't care what that person thinks about me, then my people pleasing goes out the window. And yeah, I can just tell people where to stick it sometimes when I need to. Yeah. Hey, Barbara, the bird brain bully, you know, <laughs> back off every time she comes no, around. No, that's just more teasing. I know. You fight teasing with teasing. No, that's... you just say like, it's not nice. Stop doing it. That's right. That's the adult way. Well, and then also there is the, you could threaten with HR if it's a work environment. Because that's the thing is you're an adult, you you can actually get them fired. Right. You can make it's a hostile work environment. And I could have said if I wanted to, I could be like, if you talk to my friend again in a rude way, I'm going to complain and she's going to complain and we're going to file formal complaints in HR because it's a hostile work environment. Mm. Yeah. Hiya. <laughs> Don't put up with any shit guys that's what i'm saying okay yep another piece of bad advice okay back to aaron's letter that i got was from dr gerald rabinovich the worst psychiatrist i've ever worked with i worked with him for a while because i couldn't find anyone else that's what sucks sometimes you're like stuck there's like one in your area that takes your insurance or whatever i know she's in canada so socialization yeah whatever the process is that who's in your region do you have a what's it called you get your primary doctor they got to refer you out to the i think it works different from province to province and the the she's in toronto i've been gone for a very long time so we should ask your dad or your sister Mm -hmm. okay so worst that ever worked with because um i couldn't find anyone else and i really needed to see someone basically i felt stuck or basically i felt stuck anyway he would yawn and sigh every session and even fell asleep twice you can be a shitty mental health professional and like not have good sound advice. Just fucking stay awake for God's sake. Right. Remember Two things that you can't do. You can't have narcolepsy and be a psychiatrist. <laughs> no, it'll like exacerbate people's already existing mental illnesses. So, right. so horrible. Okay. So he fell asleep twice and his only real advice was, and she's quoting, your emotions are like a light switch and you can turn them off and on when you want. That's the opposite. One day, this doctor, <laughs> Dr. Rabinovich, 
he was uh, sitting, he was probably about 26. He was sitting on a park bench and he had, he had bought a tasty treat mm. and uh, he's sitting there enjoying his tasty treat. And uh, it's like a cardboard box and he, what he is opened this? it. He was, he was putting the tasty treat in his hand and, oh. uh, and there was a, it's like a, like caramel popcorn. Did the mouse and poop in his brain? He was eating it, you know, he was having the best, oh. best box of it. And, and inside this box of caramel popcorn, there, there, there was a prize. See, and uh, the prize was he, he had a medical degree, and that's how that's how he oh, became he got a, a psychiatrist. Cracker Jack box. There we go. That's what happened. I was like, where are we going with this? There, Doctor Rabinovich. He was minted that day. It's just uh, yeah. he got it out of a Cracker Jack box, and that's. But sometimes I do have to, uh, I have to address the fact that not all psychiatrists get the right schooling for this. Sure. Like they can understand the medical model and oftentimes the medical model lets us down because it doesn't have like this clinical relational thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, they don't always have good bedside manner and they're not always taught behavioral skills. Like they don't always, we spend as a therapist, as an LMFT, we spend, well, really six years, but let's say two fully focused on just how to offer support and tools and resources and therapy techniques to use with patients. They are not. Yeah. And also in the United States, and I'm sure this is happening medicine based elsewhere in the world. They, they keep uh, fracturing the, the services because Mm -hmm. a doctor is very expensive. So then why don't you used to do therapy and they used to learn it. Psychiatrists were medical doctors. Like Barry. Yeah, exactly. They would provide psychotherapy as well as. uh, Yeah. Medicine like med management exactly but now because a doctor is so expensive or a psychiatrist is so expensive all they do not all they do but the majority of people practicing now is medicine management med management and it's like 15, 15 minutes minute sessions then they write your script and then mm-hmm. and and then they kick down the uh, the therapy to to people like me which is fine but it's, it's like my cousin amanda being a physician's assistant right it's cheaper and so you see the physician once when you go in and then you're seeing physician's assistants Um, Even our old doctor in Santa Monica, um, I remember every time we would make our physical, like a yearly physical appointments, they would say, oh, do you want to see, I forget the name of his Jillian. Jillian. Or do you want to see Philip? And I was like, oh, we want to see Philip. And the doctor. um, Yeah, the doctor, the actual doctor. And, and no offense to physician's assistants, like my cousin's one, I think it's great. But for that, I wanted to see him. I wanted to have him look at the blood work. I wanted him to see, sit with us and ask questions. And I just wanted that. And she's like, okay, well, we're gonna have to book. It was like four months out or something. Yeah. I was like, that's fine. And then COVID hit. So we didn't get to see him and they rescheduled it. And then they went into that weird private thing where we had to pay like $1,500 a person on top of our insurance. Right. To, because insurances just weren't paying enough for them to be able to handle a practice. The whole medical industry needs an overhaul from top to bottom. Well, but yeah. that's for another episode. We won't. That is. And really briefly, before people think like socialization is the answer, no. Um, for many reasons. Socialism? Yeah, socialization of medi- like oh. of healthcare. Okay. People are like, oh, in America, they're like, socialize the system. The problem with that is that, and obviously this is, this is a conversation I could spend hours talking about. But the problem with that yes, is... Yes, comrade, I'm, I'm on the same page as you. Let's the problem do it. with that is that oh. people wait forever to see someone. 
the care is subpar because they're rushed because they're forced Sometimes, to not see. Not always. It no, they, but but the the like the vast majority we just heard another one where they sent her to the ER and back to the clinic. Right. She went to pay the private clinic. She's like, somebody fucking help me. And we, your dad had to wait how long to be seen for his like rotator cuff or something that was torn. Yeah, it was I like a year and a half, and now he doesn't even have a doctor. Yeah, it was four hundred and ninety six days or something. His wait. It's just period. not okay. And the limited amount of mental health care. Sure, you have it, but you get like six sessions a year. In theory, you have it, but good luck getting it. Good luck finding it and getting it. Yeah. So that's my frustration. And then as a clinician, I know I can't make a living when they want to pay me like 30 or $40 a session. That's not going to cut it unless I'm seeing way too many patients and hence falling asleep. Yeah, right. The the quality of care plummets. It goes down or or like I can't do the research in between or have actual tools. So the the care, the quality of care declines, I think, as the more patients you're forced to see. And if you're charged, if you can't charge more then you can't, you know what I mean? So anyway. Well, don't worry. AI is coming and um, that'll be talking to a computer soon enough. Anyway, so his advice, remember, your emotions are like light switch and you can turn them off and on when you want. She says, I wish. I know, right? I wouldn't even have a job. I'd be like, just go flip that switch, dude. I finally got away from him a few years ago, but with no money in Canada's mental health system, I don't really have any consistent mental health support. And I think that's why the internet is pretty cool because you can find additional resources. You have to dig even further. You have to look all... But there's also like online, um, like we partner with BetterHelp over the years and it's worldwide now, which is super cool. And there's Talkspace and there's Crisis Text Line. Like there's things coming on board even outside of like, oh, in-person help through, you know, Canada's healthcare system or the US's healthcare system or whatever. There are ways for you to get your needs met. I mean, unfortunately, there nothing is as good as the real thing of in person, not. you know, and it, there's a higher quality with higher payment and that sucks. It's just, it's unfortunately this, this sounds bad to say, and I don't mean this as any like kind of minimization, but it's like the same that if I go to target and buy a pair of jeans for $12, which I think they're more expensive than that, but let's say $30, they're not going to fit as nice or be as quality of material or even maybe last as long through wash and dries as if I went to, Nordstrom and bought a hundred dollar pair of pants. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I don't mean to compare it to clothing. That's why I don't mean it to minimize. But I think a lot of times with healthcare, that is the truth. Not well, always, more, but this is uh, just the way of the world. Mm-hmm. The more, and this has been since the beginning of time. Well, I have friends now, that have like private healthcare where they pay for like private doctor. But the things. more resources you have in life, the greater your the better care you have access to the, the better access to everything you have mm-hmm. whether it's so, yeah, type food, of vehicle clothing, or so, homes but what what we're hoping happens is that and i think it is happening we just we happen to see a lot of the the, the horror stories but at least those the basic social net is rising and right? at least health mental health care is now part of most health care plans if not all Right. Because in the States, it used to not be and it wasn't like something you could access or you had to pay extra. What do you think goes on in, you know, uh, lesser than nations? Mm -hmm. uh, Okay, let's pull out the pit of despair. Because she, Aaron says, enough of the pit of despair. Ah, okay. I have to end with something fun. Miss Deja Blue, remember, kitty cat, has claimed my backpack as her own. I can borrow it, but it has to go back on the table so she can lay on it once more. Yesterday, when I came back from the store, I had the nerve to have to go to the bathroom before I emptied the backpack and put it back on the table. How rude. I know, right? LOL. So when I came out, she was lying on the backpack with the groceries in it, looking at me like, how dare you? 
do something before putting my bag back. I tried to get a picture, but she ran off too fast. But I got this one after I emptied it and put it back where it apparently now belongs. Hugs Aaron the awesome Toronto contributor. <laughs> Awfully cute. And she does look kind of like agitated. Yeah. Where she's like. Mine. Yeah. And it looks like a nice little a bread loaf. Yeah. A little loaf. Look at all tucked in. Too super cute, Aaron. Super cute. Okay. One last one from Lynn. Yeah, absolutely. Because okay. it's entitled I Hate Sport. Okay, but we're going to have to wrap it after this because yeah, we need is to it eat. 10 o'clock? It's 10 o'clock. Ooh. Okay. Lynn says, hello. Howdy do. I watched OTDM episode 89 recently and you talked about dogs and why they like to eat other animals' excrements. Mm-hmm. No one is entirely sure, but excrements can contain harmful bacteria. So it is not encouraged, according to Google. There are several there are several explanations to why dogs might do it. The one that I heard is the one that our conclusion is that eating of fresh stools is a reflection of an innate predisposition of ancestral canids living in nature that protects pack members from intestinal parasites present in feces that could occasionally be dropped in the den or rest area. Oh, so they're like, get it out of our area. They clean it up. Should use their paws, not their mouths. Translation, it's in a dog's DNA to eat poop. It's called canine conspecific copropophagy. Another source says copropophagia. Coprophagia. Okay. Coprophagia. Thanks for the education, Lynn. And it's just a little. Okay. <laughs> Tanisha's story about badminton made me think about a time when a friend dragged me along to volleyball training or some kind of tournament thing. I never understood entirely what it was. There were so many going on at the same time in this big hall, and my friends tried to lead me along the wall. I just looked at all the balls being tossed around. I just wanted to stop for a minute and say that the world of balls, <laughs> so many jokes, Lynn, makes me very uncertain. Uncertain, and I'm taking a chance here. If I'm completely using the wrong word, forgive me, please. But they were everywhere. No, you're doing you're doing properly. It's just I'm making a joke because balls making you uncertain is is kind of funny. And all I could think about was that any minute. Have you seen that meme going around? Mm-hmm. Uh, ready for 2022, like this. And there's a lion, or no, sorry, a tiger, mm-hmm. a striped tiger lying down. Okay. So the meme has words written over uh-huh. it, right? You mm-hmm. know what? A, I know what a meme is, Sean. Yes, thank you. Ready for 2022, like this, and the the lion is lying down. You're looking at the rear of the, or sorry, tiger, the mm-hmm. rear of the tiger, and you see a swishy tail, and you, you see a, the striped leg and the the body and the whiskers, but you're looking from the rear of it as it's lying down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and right at the back of it is a big uh, nutsack, right? Oh. <laughs> and right next to the nutsack is someone f- about to flick it. You know, the f- Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. No. It's, so, again, ready for 2022 like this. You know, like, you're like, I'm running this, from the line. Like, ah, yeah, it's going to get me. That tiger is like uh, 2022, you know. Going to get gonna get you. Gonna I didn't do a very good job of describing a meme. I know. It's, it's hard to describe a meme. It is. I was thinking when I mean. my mom and uh, brother come in town, we'll play What Do You Meme? Oh, that's a good game. So good. I wonder if there's updates, probably. Okay. So, and Lynn, we're just teasing you. And this is very, you're using all the right words and your English is impeccable. But she says they were everywhere. And all I could think about was that any minute now, I could be hit by any one of them. I have balls flying around everywhere. <laughs> could be taken out. Now, um, 
because there was just so, so many. Maybe I should say that I hate places like this. I came with my friend because I owed it to her. She led me along the wall and I was saying to her, do you really think this is safe? Did you ever have to play dodgeball in school? Yes. That was terrible. I mean, it was kind of fun. Well, the goal, the actual way that you get out of it, or if you want to just get out, the best way to do it is right at the beginning. Right. Run up, don't grab a ball. They're going to just toss it at you. You're (laughs) done. But then it gets really crazy. Yeah. I, but I was so, I was fast as a kid. Yeah. Speed was my, you know, my thing. So I could get it and then I'd run back and just let everybody else like go crazy. I could take one or two out. I mean, I wouldn't mind playing dodgeball right now. It's on ESPN, the Ocho. Remember? That's true. The That's movie true. Dodgeball. Yeah. Yeah. Doge, dodgeball. Okay. Back to her thing. So she's asking her friend, do you think this is safe? And I thought, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're fine. Don't look, don't look. I tried to chase away any of the thoughts that like every minute now I'm going to get hit by one of these balls in my ear. <laughs> my friend seemed fine standing there in the middle of it all. And to me, it felt like World War Three. Right. Balls flying everywhere. Anyway, I survived there for a while. And then it happened there was a ball i saw it in the air on the other side of the room i could swear that when it saw me it changed direction and it fucking accelerated (laughs) the target detected it was a predator i thought how in the world can that have seen me from all the way over there it can't possibly be coming all the way towards me but eventually i had to accept that it was And I thought, react, react. Come on, body, (laughs) do something. And the next thing I knew, I had a ball in my face. Felt the pain. Lost a piece of a tooth. Really? That's terrible, Lynn. The funny thing is that every time I'm with this person, okay, well, not every time, but when I'm with this person, I tend to lose a piece of one of my teeth. Sounds like a bad friend. Or at least a dangerous friend, like a rebel. Puts you in situations where... Dangerous situations. where your teeth are apparently... A commodity. Hey, you want to go to the uh, the dump and th- you right. know, throw, th- throw some- things, break some bottles. The last time it happened, we were at a party and she had a bit too much to drink. And while she was dancing on the dance floor, I came over to her and tried to ask her about something. And I can't remember exactly what it was. But when I waited for the answer, I stared at the, into the most distant face I'd ever seen in my life. And she looked at me, but I'm not really sure if she was actually looking at me. She was wasted. That's that wasted when you're like, are you here with me? And they're like, <laughs> they're somewhere else. So she's not really sure if she's actually seeing her or not. Mm-hmm. And she had this crazy, lazy smile. I was a bit uncertain and was about to try and ask her if she was listening. And then she suddenly and abruptly turned around. And when she did, she was kind of dancing. So she hit me in the face with her elbow and a piece of my front tooth <laughs> fell out. Jesus, <laughs> Lynn, burpee. that's terrible. Uh, here's a hot solution. <laughs> a hot tip. Next time that person gives you a call. Send them your bill from the dentist. Yeah, just... Um... I was shocked over what happened. I tried to get her attention again and explain to her. But when I did, she tried to um, and tried to show her what she'd done to me. She just gave me that late, that lazy smile again and turned around and continued dancing. Of course, she remembered nada the next day. But I just mean that when I'm with her, I think I should be wearing some kind of protection for my teeth. Right. Mouth guard. Wear, wear some headgear. Yeah. Mouth right. guard. A hockey visor. Yeah. Just, just pop some. Yeah. Um, because in one way or another, something tends to happen to them in her presence. Two of my broken teeth can be traced back to her in some way. And the third is from an accident with a bike. I'm not sure what it is about her that makes my teeth break, but it's definitely something. It's rough. <laughs> kind regards, Lynn. Thanks, Lynn. And yeah, maybe a mouth guard 
or you know maybe just be careful around that tell friend. tina you're busy next time she calls you know? maybe just have a mouth guard with you and then before you talk to her you just snap it in real yep. quick game put your game face on and if she asks me this. like well you've broken three of my teeth so it's just preemptive now one of them was a bike accident mm-hmm. but she was still with that friend yeah mm-hmm. well there you have it there you have it folks okay we gotta eat it's late have a wonderful weekend do something fun it was good talking with you yeah and if any of these letters i know we didn't get through many if any of these letters spark something you want to send feel free to send it in but if you can hold off that'd be nice because we're trying to catch up yeah we're we should power through i think maybe next, next week we just talk just only letters letter letter talk letters only for letters only only for you okay we got to well, heat up just, some leftovers you know, I got to hear you song. You sing. Um, sing a did, song. Did it peak in your headphones? You peaked. It peaked. Okay. <laughs> okay. Love you. Bye. Bye.